We're back. We're back. <laughs> we are back. <laughs> Predator versus movies is back. Uh, what's up, listeners? Welcome back. Uh, I'm Alex. I'm Peter. I'm Aiden. And this is a podcast where we discuss and review the latest movie releases, and we're back. We'll start off with we a non-spoiler back. review. You guys, we're before- back. We're, we're going to start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deep discussion of the film. We're back, by the way. And then we're going to ask the most important question. Would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This week, guys, we're back. We're going to be reviewing... We're back? We're back. We're back. We're back, and we're reviewing Ant-Man <laughs> and the Wasp Quantumania. We're back. We're back. We're uh, back. Before we get into it, we have some news. Not very much. Uh, just... A little series on Netflix that is very near and dear to our hearts, I Think You Should Leave, uh, by Tim Robinson, is coming back for a season three very oh, shortly. Yeah. I don't think I read what. Is it April? Uh, I think it's May. April? May, perhaps? May Let me just something. check. I'm excited, dude. I'm I mean, so I excited. You, I actually, like, like once a week, I think about the, the tables sketch, where it's like the driver's end <laughs> thing, and... <laughs> the woman's job is tables. I love that so much. Yeah, I love I love that show. Um, it is in fact coming back May thirtieth, so cannot wait uh, for that zany and chaotic series. Directed by Elizabeth Banks. is chaotic. Um, we have some trailers before we get into the film as well. Lots of trailers just from this week. We're not even. Okay. Thanks. That's uh, we're not even pulling from before this week. So first off, uh, we got a trailer for an R R-rated, I think, uh, sex comedy. Haven't seen one of those in a while. It's called oh, yeah. No Hard Feelings, uh, starring Jennifer Lawrence. What did you guys think about it? I think it looks kind of fun. To be honest, dude, <laughs> my first thought was just like, isn't Jennifer Lawrence a little old for this? Because <laughs> she just had a kid, you know? Like, she's like... What? <laughs> okay, no, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you're. I, I'm not with you there, Peter. <laughs> thinking, no, no, yeah. no, like, like it looks great, but, but like, um, like, but like, keep in mind, you just had a kid, man. <laughs> so that's ageist and probably ageist as well. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, you'd imagine because, like, she is playing. I thought she was playing like a like a 20 year old in the film, right? No, no. No? She's, she's supposed to be playing someone that's old? Yeah, she's supposed to be. Like, okay, that's age that's age. cool. That's cool. Oh my god, I'm going to get canceled. <laughs> she's playing someone who's old. She's 32. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, the, guy, the guy she's supposed to date in the film is like 19. But that's like the that's point. The joke. It's like the that's joke. the point? That's the joke. Okay, okay. Gotcha. But yeah, it is very funny and I look forward to seeing it. Yeah, no, I thought I thought it was a very funny trailer, and I'm glad that like this kind of like comedy is coming back. I I I am actually very excited. I was like, oh, whatever, but I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, it looks good actually. Um, there was also a trailer for an Apple movie called mm-hmm. Ghosted. I've heard about yeah. this one for a while, yeah. starring uh, my favorite Anna de Armas and Chris Evans. With the um, worst ever poster. Worst oh my ever god, ever. that poster is. I wonder if it's like a, uh, like they're purposely made it bad. You know? Guys, hold on. We have to head into the poster park. Poster <laughs> park. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so poster park. Yeah, Aiden had some 
some thoughts on the poster for Ghosted. Dude, it like it looks like it's like a poster for like a CTV show, like yeah. like it's like Rookie Blue or something or whatever. Like it it looks like like a sh- like it's the big event of like a ca- like a shitty cable show. Like it, it's, there's like yeah. four different fonts being used <laughs> like on the titles. <laughs> That's the worst crime of all. But like. Even like the like, if you took the text out, it still is not a very enticing poster. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, like it's the two characters in the foreground, in a funny position, and yeah. then like nothing behind them. Like I think yeah. it's an explosion, but like it's very. <laughs> yeah, it does like nothing to the movie though. Like when yeah. I look at the poster, I'm like, oh, that won't be a spy comedy thriller type of yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's probably like a, um, what did Aaron Dallas do? Dark Water. Like I, w- I was thinking like this, this will be a poster with Dark Water or something. Like a, that was the one with like a, Ben Affleck from. Yeah, like a drama, year, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, but the trailer, going back to the trailer park. <clears throat> thank you. Um, <clears throat> looks pretty good. I think it's also a, a comedy. It's an action comedy. Um, I'm, I'm glad to see Chris Evans going back to like his dumb like himbo phase like he was very like serious for a long time because of captain america but before that he was like the dumb jock guy and yeah i'm happy to see him back what do you guys think about it yeah i think i think he does i think he does it well I, i'm uh yeah i also i'm also i was also kind of surprised by the trailer i think it looks enticing it, is it supposed to be uh the honor de Amis as john wick film this one no she's doing isn't Another she the one. ballerina. Oh, she's. Oh, right. There's one actually set in the John Wick verse, right? Yeah, that one. Okay. Oh, I yeah, I thought the trailer was fantastic. Like, I I texted the group chat after I saw it. I was like, the trailer looks very good, but the movie is probably very bad. But I'm definitely gonna watch it. <laughs> yeah, I do feel that way too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's a good chance. Like, like I think it's just an. We're so used to Captain uh, Chris Evans being Captain America, so like he's the one doing the saving, and this one, like like you said, Alex, like he's he's back to his himbo life, and being saved by Under Armour, which is fantastic. So yeah, it's funny, like <laughs> seeing Chris Evans in something, like is actually kind of weird. Like yeah, it's hard to not to relate back to Captain America. Captain America. Yeah. I feel like that's the only role I've seen him in in like Absolutely. ten years. Yeah, well, same with RDJ. Like I don't. Yeah, he hasn't had a good movie since Iron Man stuff, but he was um, in Doolittle. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he wasn't in any good movies. Um, I mean, so seeing him in Oppenheimer will probably be strange for us. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't know. Something about RDJ doesn't have the same effect. I feel like I've no? consistently seen he was in like The Father or whatever. He was in like The Judge, The Holy Spirit, whatever. I don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've not seen any of these. Is that I was, one I was, movie title? I was making, I was making the things up at the, the end. But he, okay, I the... think he was in a movie called The Judge. Uh, he was in like, I don't know, he was in a few different movies that I didn't okay. see, but I was aware of them. So I was like, yeah, okay. Like, he's done other stuff here. Mm. Sure. I mean, I'm excited to see the father, the judge, and the Holy Spirit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the judge is real. The father is real, but he's not in it. That's a different movie. Uh, okay. Yeah. Is that know. like? I think that would be a really fun comedy. The father. Oh, the judge senior. Is the... Senior is the other thing I'm thinking of. Oh, but senior is a documentary. documentary. I did yeah. actually watch that. Yeah. yeah. No, but like, I know what he's mean, but like. Father, the judge, and the Holy Spirit. So, like, a judge, <laughs> God, 
and just some some random dad are like going on a road trip i don't know what they're doing but i would watch that um uh we got another trailer there's just so many trailers we got a trailer for seth rogan's uh teenage mutant ninja turtles um spider-verse ninjas basically it's it's animated and it's not in a stupid style it's in like a fun cartoony style looks really good yeah it looks fun what you guys looks like or, a really fun time yeah uh peter what did you think about it uh i've not seen the trailer <laughs> you're just supposed to bullshit just riff pretend you've seen it oh dude i think uh you know honestly the trailer opened with a very powerful opening you know and uh slowly builds up very excited um uh, Thing it looks great man you know what can i say seth rogan very funny guy you know trailer's pretty funny so good movie good movie good, good movie. movie yeah no that was great yeah um, <laughs> i i like how the the kids are all the the teenage mutant ninja turtles are all played by kids i think yeah. that's a good oh movie. that's great yeah, yeah. They really sound i like know that <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i'm pretty sure you know that Peter. <laughs> uh we also got the final trailer for mario or Mario? Yeah. When is that coming out? Soon. Oh, I have seen that trailer actually. Um, so this I can't even think of what the trailer was. Oh, it's April. Oh, it's so soon. It's like first week of April. Nice. Um so this trailer had the all I can think of is the the little wisp guy being like, Oh, the only thing is the sweet release of death. Like that bit. Yeah. I don't know what else is in this trailer. Well, it's a lot of, like, carding bit, right? Like, there's the throwing yeah. of the turtle shell and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was more of, like, a plot one to be like, okay, this is what the story actually is, as opposed yeah. to, like, one of those teaser-type trailers. I'm excited. I think it'll be a hit. I think it'll I make th- a lot of money. I think it'll be fun, too, but, like, I just... I saw some people on Twitter saying, like, oh, no, Chris Pratt's actually kind of doing well here, but I, like, can't... Like, at no point, there's such a separation between the mario and the voice for me like it does not feel like he is talking when i watch it it just be, i can just picture chris pratt in a mood. <laughs> dude yeah. no because like, i feel like me, there are like a there are natural ways to like pitch your voice a little higher you know to be in uh to like play a character like mario you know yeah. um but i think chris pratt just like the way he does it is so unnatural <laughs> it just doesn't uh, sound right like, yeah it doesn't sound right like, I actually, it's so, like, I hear the voice, and I don't look at Mario, because I'm looking for someone else to be talking. Like, it just doesn't look, look like it's look, look at him a Star-Lord, bro. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I found it. So, uh-huh. I was just going to say, like, there's, someone had just mentioned something about this, and it was yeah. the director of the movie had said, Chris Pratt is really good at playing a blue-collar hero. So I think like that's why they wanted his voice because that's all he does. Star Lord, mm. Emmett, like just like regular idiots trying Maybe. to be a hero kind of thing. So I think they're really trying to channel Lego movie energy. That's yeah. what I'm getting at. Um last trailer we have to talk about. Uh this is for a series, not a movie. It's called I'm a Virgo. It's by the di- creator of um I'm already forgetting. Sorry, to, Sorry bother to bother you. you. I, I think you should leave. <laughs> uh, I think you should leave. Nope, not by Tim Robinson. It's by Sorry to Bother You creator. Um, and it looks like it's like set in a superhero type world kind of thing, is or people with powers at least. Yeah. So it has a, a character. It's the, the guy from Moonlight. It's the Moonlight guy. Moonlight. Uh, is a very big guy, and he's like 
eight, ten feet tall, maybe. It's the witch guy from Moonlight. He's the the teenage version of the the lover friend. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't recognize him. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, that face is familiar, and it, I figured it out this morning, I think. Um, looks really good. Yeah, it looks really cool. I, I really like uh, the like absurdist, surrealist style of uh, Boots Riley. I really like Sorry to Bother You. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. Uh, Peter, what did you think? You know, Trill has a very powerful opening. <laughs> immediately drawn into... Oh. Immediately drawn into what the trailer was supposed to be about, and Did then it builds, it, like, it builds. Up over the, yeah, it builds oh my over god, it builds and it builds, <laughs> and sudden release of emotion, big climax at the end. Oh my god, I can't wait, dude. I gotta right. say, sorry to bother you. Interesting movie, actually. I've just saw it recently, and I'll talk Indeed. about it during during a Paradise Picks. Oh, very, uh, very interesting movie, you know. Excited to see how uh, how he tackles this one. Yeah. 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 Okay. Great. Yeah. Uh, now we have a movie to talk about that Peter has actually seen. Uh, it's a little movie, very very little tiny movie, uh, yeah. <laughs> called Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, the longest title. Uh, it's directed by Peyton Reed, written by Jeff Loveness. Uh, it stars Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Jonathan Majors, Catherine Newton, Michelle Pfeiffer, Corey Stoll, Michael Douglas, and others. Uh, the DP was Bill Pope, who yep. is a frequent collaborator with Sam Raimi, Edgar Wright, and he also did Shang-Chi. And The Matrix. Uh, has a, hmm? And The Matrix, yep. yep. Uh, it has a runtime of two hours and four minutes. The budget was uh, around $200 million. And it currently has a box office. <laughs> Peter shaking his head. Uh, it has a box office of four hundred and twenty-five point eight million dollars, which is not very much for a Marvel movie. Um, so before I was, I keep saying before we get into the movie, like to preface every single <laughs> yeah. thing we do. So like I say, it like five times per episode. <laughs> um, so before we get into the movie, we're going to do our classic game, Predacritic. So oh, there's yeah. a website on the internet called Metacritic and it tabulates critics reviews of a movie out of a hundred. So just critics, not general users. And it gives an average score out of a hundred. If it's 60 or above it's green. If it's 80 or above it's must see. If it's in the fifties, it's yellow. And if it's in the forties or below it's red. So we are going to guess where Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania lands. Dude, this is so uh, exciting. Cause we haven't done a bad movie in so long. <laughs> true, yeah. So uh, I'm going to spin my wheel, which I had prepared. It's so exciting. Um, oh my God. Oh, wheel and time. it looks like it's me. Okay, great. Not the best spot, but whatever. Not the best spot. Um, okay. So this movie sucked. So um, it's a little spoilers there, but um, <laughs> take your time. I have to decide like how Dude, I mean, you can't always do zero, you know? The movie is so bad. I'm actually in the same dilemma where it's like, I feel like I haven't guessed one that's going to be like this low in a while, so I actually don't even know how to gauge it. I'm going to take a risk here. I'm going to go with 45. Because I think the riskier options are more fun anyways. Um, So 45 is my guess. Um, And I'm spinning again. And it looks like it's going to Aiden. 
in what oh. do you think? I don't I don't know like what the low end of Metacritic looks like. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> I have a good sense of what movies are when they're like f- like sixty or above, kind of. But like, yeah, I actually have no idea. Like, I almost think it's gonna be lower than that. But I don't want to go lower than your guess. But I don't want to go that much lower. I'm gonna go. Hmm. I have to. I have to think really quick about where I think Peter's gonna go. Go forty six. <laughs> He's playing the game. <laughs> He's what, back. You guess 45, Alex? Yeah. 44. Give a real guess. guess. Don't just play the game. 43. 43. <laughs> 43, okay. <clears throat> Peter? <clears throat> I think I think like the movie is possible. I'll give it a 50. Okay. Yeah. We got some real guesses, sort of. Um Ant-Man. Okay, so what were our guesses again? I was 45. I was 43. And Peter was 50? Yeah. Okay, Peter wins. Uh, it's close. Peter and I were very close to a tie. Uh, it is a 48. Oh my uh, god, I barely beat you. Once again, so, and you lost. <laughs> Sorry, I can see you're disappointed. Uh, actually, this movie is not that hard to summarize because not yeah. that much happens. Nothing happens. <laughs> um, and you did see it recently. Um, yeah. I should preface that Peter and I, like, I saw it, I think Peter saw it. I saw it, it a first, long time ago, like a month ago. Let me see. Almost. I think just under. Because it came out in February, that. didn't it? Yeah. You yeah, saw I saw it, it about... February 18th. I saw yeah. it almost a month ago. And then I saw it a week later, which is like three weeks ago. And then mm-hmm. I saw it Friday. It's not... <laughs> like two days ago. Um, anyways, uh, so it got a 48. Um, so that means Peter was closest and I'm next. Uh, oh, I was going to say, I was like, what was I talking about again? So <laughs> it, it is a yellow 48, though. Which just goes to show that I do not know what I'm talking about when it comes to the Metacritic score system. <laughs> I honestly don't pay attention when you explain it. I'm just like, uh. <laughs> it must be 45. It must be 45 and below is red because I, I think this is the second time where I've had a yellow 40s, and I was like, I don't know what it is anymore. Anyways, so uh, Peter, as the winner, you get to deliver your non-spoiler reaction first. Okay. And before I forget. We are also going to give our very, very, very brief thoughts on how we feel about the previous Ant-Man. Okay, sure, sure, sure. As, as kind of like a to ground the, the new one. Dude, I was going to be nice. I was going to let Aiden go first. But, uh, so yeah, we change <laughs> up how we do this, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, okay, I'm just going to say it, man. I didn't like the movie. Um, I think yeah. compared to Thor, I think it's even worse than Thor, man. Uh, like it's really bad. Um, if, if we if we talk about, I'm just gonna start by talking about the previous Ant Man, and I'll get to this one. So first one, I think it was great. I think they emphasize on the shrinking and like they make the the whole shrinking going back controlling ants like a big deal in the first one, and then as they take on larger and larger threats, that part is sort of like less emphasized over time. But like I think one thing I was watching clips on Twitter uh, the other day, and people all agree like like Am and the entire character is the, the the coolest part is him shrinking, going back, shrinking, going back. But then but then um, like the way you emphasize this is not to focus on the character itself, but its surroundings to see the world in sort of this um, uh, like an ant view almost, you know. So it's like everything's big now, um, and and I thought like I completely agree with them like. In the first movie, that was emphasized, so that was very cool. 
And uh, the movie wasn't terrible. Like the movie was funny. Uh, the plot was okay, you know. And then second one, the movie wasn't great, but at least I thought it was really funny. Like Paul Rudd really get to do the funny guy thing in the second one a lot. Like a lot of goofy scenes. The plot wasn't the greatest, obviously. But then this one, it's not as funny as the second, and nowhere as cool or enticing as the first, even though it's set in a quantum realm. So, like, I just thought, like, somehow, like, uh, a lot of MCU, like, third entries are happen to be somewhat good. Like, um, Iron Man 3 was okay. Yeah. Um, I think better than 2, at least, Iron Man 3, in my opinion. That's for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Captain America 3, probably not as good as Winter Soldier, but at least not bad. Uh, Thor, Ragnarok, it's a unique take. I know, I know you guys have divisive opinion on uh, Ragnarok. But then this one just felt like a flop, man. Like, the characters, just the plot, at least, has just been going downhill since the first one. And then this one had no redeeming character characteristic, not even the comedy. So, uh, I rated it a 2 out of 5. It can go lower, to be honest. One and a half, one. But um, it was not a good movie. Would not recommend. Don't give, mo- <laughs> don't give Marvel money on bad movies. Literally, go support an indie movie or something with this money. So That's um, straight facts man oh yeah and also just watch the post credits man like that's probably like the only good part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you want to be caught up on the most expensive television show ever made which is the mcu then just watch the yeah. post credits yeah I, like usually i hate when people say that like oh just catch up with the post credits because like yeah. like I've, I've gotten to the point where like i don't care you know yeah. like the mcu could live or die for me i'm, I'm no longer that sworn into it but this is the first time where I'm like, yeah, okay. Like the post credit scenes were easily better than the movie, which is <laughs> terrible. That's not yeah. a good thing. That's um, awful, man. So yeah, I'll I'll lead into my my review of this movie. So I'm pretty well on the same page as Peter. Um, this movie is like dog shit. Like I, it's so so bad. Um, it's. Mm, <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. I'll, I'll start with my, my other Ant-Man reviews. So uh, I, I've seen both the Ant-Man previous movies at one point this past year. So I have it in like relatively recent memory. So uh, one, I remember enjoying in theaters and on a rewatch, I it's very clear that it is not up to where it should have been. And like, even by like, marvel standards back then like it had a rushed production and there were a lot of elements that were just not like super strong but it's like a pretty like solid movie i would say like i gave it a three and a half and i more or less stand by that um and like what peter was saying like shrinking is like so fun in that movie um the comedy is like pretty good and it's got like great characters like the louise um recapping things or like telling really long-winded stories really fucking smart and really funny um then the sequel i had not seen i think i've only seen it once before like when it came out um and i remember enjoying it back then in 2018 when i was a marvel shill but um now now that i've seen it again i like was so bored and like did not care for it whatsoever i I moved it to like one of my lowest MCU movies. I think it's above the Thor franchise, but um, like it's <clears throat> like like nothing happens, and it's it's sort of funny, but not funny enough to 
warrant how much time is wasted just being like playing like keep away with that building it's really it's really fucking stupid um and then lo and behold we get to this one and it's like every ant-man film has been worse than the previous one and this one is the latest example of that so if if i thought the first one was wheel spinning man this one or sorry the this the sequel this one is just like like nothing happens at all for a movie that's supposed to introduce Kang, it doesn't do a very good job of that. Kang is not threatening um, and is just, like, also pretty boring. Um, there's no, like, character arcs, which, I mean, in the Ant-Man films, there usually aren't. But um, they've stripped away everything that's interesting about the Ant-Man films. So the, the ensemble cast are not there, um, or at least the good ones. Um, the shrinking doesn't make sense in the quantum realm like there's it's not interesting anymore yeah. like uh, like i saw someone on twitter say like like the the whole fun of ant-man is like it recontextualizes our everyday world so like what would a like I, I remember from the sequel there's the giant pez dispenser or the fight in the thomas the train yeah. set in the first one like those are like great set pieces there's none of that here it's so stupid um what else did I have on my letterbox review? Um, oh, it looks like shit. Like, I, the filmmaking is has gotten progressively worse every time. And this is like, I'll let Aiden say his classic line about it, but um, it looks so bad. Um, the CGI is terrible. And apparently uh, they were like supposed to focus on Wakanda forever. And so they, they had to like actually like rush. This was a rush job. People like said it out loud. Looks like it. Looks like it, yeah. Um, but, like, the stuff done on set is not good either. Like, the, f the lighting is bad. Um, the action scenes are really hard to follow. Anyways, um, I hated it. And I think we'll kind of talk about it later, but I think it's the worst thing Marvel has ever put out in the movies. That's at least my thoughts. So um, I gave it a one and a half stars. That could be a one star. Uh, I would not recommend people go see this. Aiden, what do you think? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very much in the same boat as you guys here. Yeah, I am. Um, so to like talk about my Ant Man experience, I've not seen either movie since they came out. Um, I'm pretty sure I've only seen both of them once, but I remember liking both of them. Like I, I just remember like I thought like uh, like Michael Pena was funny. Like what what was his character's name again? Louise. Louise. Like I think I thought he was really funny. I liked that they were like, it was like a lighthearted kind of comedic tone. I thought it was fun. Um, and yeah, and I really liked the, how they like really focused on the specific powers of Ant-Man, but oh my God, man, like the, <laughs> this one, <laughs> this is crazy. Like this movie accomplishes nothing like it. And it's, it's actually like stuff going on outside. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Um, this movie, like we don't learn anything about the quantum realm really the plot doesn't like progress like it it feels like an episode it feels like it's like a 20 minute tv episode worth of plot like it's like yeah. very little happens here um there's like no character arc it like sets up for a couple of character arcs and that doesn't do it um like yeah and then there's the thing where there's a really hilarious line that's unintentionally hilarious where scott is explaining to cassie like oh, you got to jump and tap. You see what I did? And she's like, no, I didn't see what you did. How could I have seen that? And I was like, that's me. 
<laughs> like, like, how did you put that line in the movie and not like like clock that like oh yeah the audience can't see shit or like like these fight scenes are nothing because it's just a guy going like pop 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 ah, ah, ah. Like, yeah, yeah. that's what it feels like and yeah. it's just like like what the hell like oh my god this is movies filmed on the volume badly mm-hmm. um they did a bad job of it characters always look like they're in a closed sound stage the blocking is stale they never feel like they are moving in a vast environment. It always feels like they have a very limited amount of space in which they can travel. Um, it's a poor use of that technology. Looks bad. Don't really understand what happened. There's even bad composition. <laughs> Most like a lot of the time, like I just don't understand how that happened. Um, there are a few things I like really quick. I actually like loved jonathan majors in this movie really and, like, interesting. like I, I there were multiple times where i was like arrested like i was sitting there like he has one particular monologue where i was like oh my god this is crazy and then i laughed out loud because i remembered that it was in this movie like <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh that, that's fun but even that it was like like um Oh, no, that's too specific. Yeah, this is a bad movie. Um, it looks yeah. like Spy Kids, but bad. Because uh, Spy Kids looks good uh, for what it's trying to do, but this movie looks bad. I gave this one star, I'm pretty sure. I would most certainly not recommend this to anyone. Yeah, woo! <laughs> Great movie. Um, we have a spoiler warning. Because I remember... <laughs> Thanks for reminding Very me. Good. Yeah, uh, so... Also, you have a job to do. We have to give the two-minute synopsis uh, for what happens in this movie in case you didn't see it. Okay, set a young timer for me. What? A young timer. (laughs) Like an old timer? Like an old timer? Wow. That's so bad. Okay, I have a timer ready. Okay, uh, and we're going in three, two, one, go. Okay, so the movie opens. Ant-Man is doing a book reading. He has, like, this memoir. He's kind of settled into, like, more of a sedentary life. He just wants to be a dad and shit, right? Goes to his house. Goes to um, Michael Douglas's house, and they're, like, they're talking, and Cassie, Scott's daughter, is, like, fuck you, dad. You don't do shit. You're, you don't even help people anymore, but I do, because she went to jail for protesting or something or shrinking a cop car or whatever um okay it turns out cassie is sending signals into the quantum realm whoa janet uh michelle pfeiffer doesn't want her to do that and no no one knows why they get sucked in whoa they go into the quantum realm um this is where not much happens from here on out uh so michelle pfeiffer uh michael douglas and uh, the wasp eventually lily are like in one group uh scott and cassie are in another um Scott and Cassie kind of get taken to uh, like taken in by this group of people who live in the quantum realm. And we learn a little bit about like, Oh, there's like a conqueror or whatever. Um, They, and then what happens is like Modok who is like Kang, the bad guys, like assassin comes after them. Uh, And then during this time, we also see that the, the other party is like meeting with Bill Murray who like tries to ambush them or whatever. They learn a little bit. doesn't matter. They then go after to try to find uh, Scott and Cassie, who have been kidnapped by Kang. Kang's like, Ant-Man, you need to steal this, like, kind of energy core that will let me get out of the quantum realm because he's this multiversal travel that knew Janet. Um, And Janet was like, you're a a genocidal maniac. I'm not letting you out of the quantum realm. So there's that backstory. Uh, Ant-Man successfully steals it. Um, 
Uh-oh. <laughs> 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 loading. Ant-Man steals it. Uh, some stuff happens. He goes away. Cassie's still kidnapped. Ant-Man comes and does it. Uh, Michael Douglas has ants that, um, I guess, lived in the quantum realm for 50 years or something. Uh, they kill Kang or something, and then they go home. Yeah, you're out of time. But yeah, that's <laughs> basically it. There's a big old fight. Uh, Kang, Kang wants to leave the quantum realm because he's been exiled there. So that's his whole deal. And he wants to steal. Oh, it's so confusing. It's a heist, but like by the loosest definition. <laughs> not stealing it from anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so like uh, quote, quotation marks, heist. Yeah. Uh, to steal back like the, the weird battery that runs his time chair so that he can escape. There's a big yeah. old fight. And yeah, the ants save the day. Man, that fight like goes on forever. Yeah. But we'll get into it. Um, so uh, we're going to get into our spoiler discussion now. And we've done the spoiler warning. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> um, so first off, I'm going to ask you guys, for a movie that we all hated, what was your favorite parts? Anyone have any parts? I have a couple okay. things, actually. Okay, so I actually, believe it or not, for the first part of this movie, we'll I was like, this is fine so far. I was like, yeah, okay. Like, up until the moment they go into the quantum realm, which is not a big part of the movie, yeah. I was like, yeah, this is fine. This is actually, okay, yeah, I don't mind this. Like, I, I thought, like, yeah, like, this looks good. I was, there was actually some, like, somewhat interesting coverage of, like, the dinner table scene. There was some weird editing in it where I was like, what the, like, what's that? Like, there's distinctly, I distinctly remember there's one moment where, like, Cassie says something and then it cuts to like three different um uh fucking what, <laughs> Peter like I think he dropped something and then, and he went like this is not good for the listeners but he went <laughs> like, he was like he he did a Kramer for a second and he was like, <laughs> <That's> a little, <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry you may continue your point um yeah Cassie says something and then it, it like rapidly cuts to three singles and it like we don't they're just like weird reactions it's a weird editing moment but the first part's fine and it actually sets up for like it sets up for an arc where scott has to like learn to be a hero and learn to be self-sacrificing again it and the movie mean, didn't do any of that i felt like that, but like that is there's like setup like the first few scenes like work in a sense um yeah and then it gets in but yeah like so that's a part i liked i actually like didn't mind it i was like oh okay when is this gonna get bad and then it got really bad yeah i completely agree i actually that was one of the first things i had written down when i was watching it was hey this is like this is actually like a pretty good intro of like catching up with scott like like usually like they do kind of have good intros i think the anime movies have done that pretty well um because it's always like fun seeing where the character has been and it's always like really stupid shit so like going back to Baskin Robbins was really fun, yeah. uh, and the guy from I think you should leave the the older like Italian guy. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Spider Man. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it was good. And then the setup that like Cassie is like following in her father's footsteps, and kind of hypocritically like he's not happy about that. Like yeah. she's ending up in jail. Like dude, like that's something you did, and he's suddenly like upset with her. 
So I think I think that was really interesting, and yeah, setting it up, setting up an arc that doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, here's, here's a clear starting spot, and who gives a shit? Like, like sort of an arc happens, but there's nothing to like actually build into it. Yeah. Um, Peter, did you have any thoughts about the intro? Honestly, um, I I have the exact same opinion as you guys. It's a great setup, you know, just sort of comparison. Like, what is it like? Post end game for an Avenger, you know, it's like you don't, you thought you defeated your greatest threat, and Earth is safe now. Do you just retire and have a normal life, or is there still that expectation of you to be out there and helping people? And I thought like that conflict is very, very interesting, and it's like something that I think Marvel should explore. It's like already like before the next big bad comes into the spotlight. What are the Avengers doing right now? And I think that's something I'm genuinely curious about. And Cassie and Scott's conflict sort of set that up perfectly, which, again, was not brought up for like the rest of the movie, which is kind of a shame. My favorite part, to be honest, is, like, I thought, like, the movie lied to us, you know? Like, the, the, like in the marketing material and everything, they're like, oh, it's a heist movie. It's a heist movie. It's a heist movie. Ant-Man goes on the heist. Ant-Man goes serious. You know, Ant-Man's going to lose, you know? Uh, and I was like, okay, I'm really hyped about that. It's a very different take on the Ant-Man character. The whole heist lasted less than 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> also wasn't the heist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I thought, if we just see more of the heist, I actually enjoyed, like, the whole, uh, like, the Ant-Man human tower thing. Oh, I like it's that, like, too. Uh, like, 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 you know, like, Ant-Man collectively come to an understanding where it's like, okay, we're doing this for our kid. Let's you know get out there and save her, you know. Um, and if there's just more of that, just like qu- quantum realm, somehow po- the realm itself poses obstacles for Scott to yeah. regain the the engine of the time machine. And instead of instead of focusing on like three different side plots going on, oh, it's like oh, it's like um, oh, we gotta we gotta reach this Bill Murray's character. We gotta do this. We gotta do that. We gotta start a resistance, you know. It's like I'm not here for that, you know. Like, like that's just that just goes directly into the the mundane, the the cliche category. And I think MC, like at least, like has done some weird stuff in the past, like with with like Guardians, with the um, uh, Werewolf by Night, like all these weird projects. I think like these are like shiny moments, honestly, in the MCU, and I enjoyed them. So when I when I when I saw when when the marketing material came out, said it's going to be a heist movie. I was very hyped, but then the whole heist lasted ten minutes, and I thought heist was the best part of the movie for me. Yeah, so uh, I'll just explain what that was. So it's it's the probability field sequence is what I call it. So basically, Kang's chair is powered by like this battery, but it's not a regular double A battery. It's unfortunately it's a triple A battery. It's a little bit smaller than that, even. Um, it's like literally a probability field that's been like squeezed into like a ball thing. And in the past, when Janet was in the quantum realm, she had like blown it up to like huge size. And so it's not a heist. He just has to like, does he shrink to get in there? I don't even remember. He like, like shrinks and then he like goes into the big ball, and then there's a smaller big ball in the bigger big yeah. ball. Then, I don't even know. But yeah. I don't even I 
I couldn't even tell you what happens. The wasp comes and saves him. Well, then... though, first, yeah, first the the way it works is every time he makes a decision, he splits in two. So, you know, if he's like, I'll do it or I won't do it, then there's two of him and literally like one is like, oh, I'll do it. But then I don't even know if it follows its own rules. Like I was like, wait, is that actually like splitting on two different decisions or is it just like splitting randomly? Because mm-hmm. uh, anyways, so that's what happened. So suddenly there's like millions of Ant-Men all talking um one is in a baskin robbins yeah yeah which is kind of funny yeah um and yeah he has to he's not even fucking stealing it but um let me i'll say what i like about it first so i really like that it physicalizes his internal conflict which is something like like good screenwriters do is is try to like show how that conflict because like an, an internal conflict is hard to like portray on screen and so to make it physical by doing like this kind of thing like is actually really smart because it's the arc that seems to be in place very vaguely is he's like doesn't want to be a hero anymore i guess yeah no idea why or like to what extent like like is he afraid or is he just kind of like waiting yeah who's to say but so the the idea that like you know every time he's like should i be the hero or should i not you get different ant-men yeah it's really interesting it's an interesting idea yeah no i I completely agree with that and i i think there's some interesting visuals too i actually i really like like the wide shots here where it's like all the Mm -hmm. ant-men when they work together because they're like it like kind of descends into chaos and then cassie like calls out and then it's like my daughter that's my daughter (laughs) (laughs) from brooklyn (laughs) so they're from brooklyn in that scene but they um they all kind of band together and then they act like ants and they like tower up the way ants do and i thought that was actually a really cool visual um but yeah i also just felt like the concept of a probability field cool idea just never like they don't do anything like like that one thing is cool and then they don't do anything else with it and it's like this is like the midpoint of the movie right and it's such a it's a weak midpoint like narratively because like i think it's actually i think it's the dark night of the soul i think it's the lowest point because he has to right before the third act well yeah whatever whatever but i think like (laughs) It's a weak point narratively because, like, his art, like, he has to, what should happen in this movie is that there has to be a scene where, like, Cassie is in trouble, and there's also a bunch of, like, civilians in trouble, and Ant-Man has to let Cassie fend for himself and save the civilians. That's, like, the thing that needs to happen in this arc, like, it was, like, very apparent to me. And it's, like, all that happens narratively in the scene is that, like, he loves his daughter. We knew that. That's where he started from. Like, mm-hmm. it's not it's not a revelation. Like, this needs to be, like, the beginning of a turning point. This needs mm-hmm. to, like, propel him to finish the arc. And because this point doesn't happen, like, it's, it's they still could have finished it, but they don't. Like, like it's, it makes it even harder. Peter? Oh, you can go first, Alex. Okay, sure. I was going to let you go first. But yeah. Um, no, yeah, like, <clears throat> what I wrote down was in this scene that should, like, is one of the, like, most pivotal scenes in the movie. 
I feel like he doesn't learn anything, which yeah. is like so fucking stupid. Um, it's yeah, it's just unclear to me. Why is he not being a hero? Like yeah. it seems almost like he's afraid based yeah, on based I, on the the probability field scene. It seems like he's afraid to be a hero. Like he just wants to run away. But that's not like clear at all in the beginning or the second act or anywhere else that there's like a fear of anything because why would he be afraid? He isn't What I, what I inferred it is is that it was like generally it was a fear of like it was like the fatherly fear. Like if I get hurt, my kid okay. doesn't have a dad. I was gone for five years and my kid didn't have a dad for five years. And so like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to die or something and like leave my child fatherless once again. Mm-hmm. Also don't want her to get hurt. I, I did infer that like, but I agree like the movie could do a little bit more to like contextualize that. Um, but but also, develop, yeah. yeah. Also like, the trailers are completely misleading for this sequence because they literally say, oh man, the juxtaposition of like dialogue and scenes that are like technically in the movie, but to produce like this uh, like completely incorrect version of what should be happening. So it sounds like Kang is offering him time with Cassie. Yeah. Like to get time back. And then they just like, don't even do that. Maybe maybe it was his offer, but like he doesn't take him up on it. But yeah. like that's so boring yeah. to not even like consider showing us that. It's just I think it's literally dialogue and then a ten five minute sequence. That's it. Yeah, you know? that's, yeah. that is a so much more interesting. I know, right? Of like yeah. him doing this thing that's like like actually kind of like a morally negative thing, like because of his fears or whatever and just be like nope no we're not doing that actually it should have been the whole movie dude yeah. i that's exactly what i was gonna bring up because yeah. because i thought that's actually a very interesting concept it's like um something that scott wants that cassie doesn't you know it's like cassie's like yo dad this is clearly a bad guy don't listen to him but scott is like like is there a way for for them to show that scott has that guilt of not being there for his daughter and the guilt has built up over time. And now like he sort of sees this separation between him and his daughter, like this gap sort forming between them. And then he thinks by getting time back, he will fix that. And then obviously Kang doesn't give time back or like tricks him or like somehow, but like, I thought that would be a much more interesting movie. Yeah, like exactly like, like you said, bargain. like, yeah. like yeah. that would have been so much more interesting. Like, I think the whole thing is he's supposed to be looking out for the little guy and he hasn't been because they keep saying that, right? Yeah. And I think that idea, like, like if he's only thinking about himself and, like, Mm -hmm. getting that time back with Cassie for himself, that's, like, the selfish motive. Like, for for once in an Ant-Man movie, Scott Lang would have an arc because none of the ones before, I I don't think he has an arc. Like, even, even the first one, there's a semblance of an arc, but it's not great, but... Yeah, I, I feel like there's a there's a pacing issue where the first I don't know the first act isn't great either, but mostly the first half of the second act is like a complete waste. Yeah. Kang isn't introduced until the midpoint. Move that up to Act One. Introduce Kang way earlier. Spend yeah. Act Two doing a real full heist. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And then show like those different challenges, and then probability sequence, whatever. Yeah. Also, like, 
the ending of the scene so so stupid um the wasp comes in to save ant-man um but his 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 plan is to just throw one of the throwing stars that should shrink the thing and it doesn't work great moment when you know you try something and it doesn't work yeah what do they do to to like succeed they do it again, but more. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they just right. throw a lot of them, I and forgot. that solves it. I'm like, that's it? Like, you're not even going to, like, do anything different? <laughs> it's literally the same thing, but more. Yeah. What a great way to end. Yeah, and I also thought, like, the the entire, like, throwing star concept is just, like, like it seems like every movie has a different mechanic, you know? Like, you can't, oh, you can put it in the suit to go quantum, like, in the first movie, um, where he, 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 uh, he shrank so small he could break Yellow Jacket's suit. He put it in, uh, his suit, right? He put it, like, a shrinking star remember. in his he suit. Did, it's something about the regulator, like, you turn the regulator off. Yeah, he, like and he put a shrinking star in, in the regulator, I think. That's how he came so, back. Yeah. That's how he came back. Oh, that's how he came back. Okay, something like that. And then, in this movie... Um, like at the very end when they smash a bunch of stars onto Kang's uh, time engine like it, apparently like that, that just turns it into a bomb <laughs> like it, it, it's yeah. just it, like I hate it when powers are not fully explained like you don't understand the full limitation of it and then the director or the writer just abuse it it's like oh this is a shrinking star moment this is a star moment yeah we can use a star here you I, know I might be jumping in too much but that's also a hilarious moment where the portal is open, presumably because of this time orb engine, right? Like, that's how they're able to open the portal back to the real world. Mm-hmm. They just and then Cassie just used their beacon. opens again, and they go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I, what? <laughs> Dude, it's, um, like, okay. it's like Spider-Man Far From Home, but it's like Spider-Man found... Uh, mysterious video i just deleted it <laughs> and never yeah, yeah. never went live on the big yeah. screen it would literally be like if he made that decision but then he was like oh no i can actually just make people remember yeah you know what <laughs> let's just all be happy <laughs> i can't explain this so we might as well get to it while we're here this is a reshoot ending so apparently i think it was literally january they did this reshoot mm-hmm. like not that long ago Damn. what was supposed to happen was Ant-Man and the Wasp were supposed to be, quote-unquote, stranded in the quantum realm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when the portal closes, like, that was it for them. They would yeah. be stuck there. Now, the issue you may be thinking is that this sounds a lot like the end of the last movie where Ant-Man is stuck stranded in the quantum yeah. realm. Um, hence why they decided to change it. Now, the fact that they had already filmed an ending with, like... Like, they had gotten that far with mm-hmm. an ending that was so similar to the <laughs> second movie. Like, it's insane. Like you That's concerning, yeah. In production with a bad ending. Yeah. But somehow they decided to make it worse. So they reshot stuff with them going back to the real world. So the entire, like, last five minutes where he's recapping and he's buying a cake and they're at dinner, new stuff. That was not the original ending, which is also why it's so, like, clunky. Yeah. I don't know if you guys noticed, but, like... Yeah. He comes to the same conclusion twice. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, 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 you it's, know, it's probably fine, you know. two scenes back to World's back. World's fine. It's, yeah, yeah, it's two scenes back to back where he's like, where the end of the scene is, 
wait, did we actually stop Kang? Oh, it's fine. And then he goes <laughs> to the next scene and he's like, wait, did we actually stop Kang? No, wait, it's fine. I'm like, dude, you just did that. <laughs> you only need one. Um, yeah. How did you guys feel about that ending? We're way out of order, but yeah. What do you guys think about the ending? ending? What the fuck happens? Like, like after he... Ken died. He uh, buys a cake and he's doing... Oh, that it's, ending. It's a repeat, okay. Yeah, it's a repeat of... Um, the opening yeah so he's seeing the same people 12 dollar coffee was a joke yeah yeah and the ant cake and then they go to dinner and i think it's literally like one of those things where where it's like happy birthday cassie and everyone's like oh ha 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 ha, ha good joke and then he <laughs> and then he's still in his head and he's like wait till you stop kang oh i don't know and then he takes a bite of cake and he goes yuck bad cake oh yeah dude that was so bad dude i was watching this and i was like just end, just end, just end. Like, yeah. <laughs> God, you finished. Just like get there. It's like, oh, oh my God, like that's such a, that's such a weak gag to end the movie on. Right? Like, you're paying off the gag that was set up two minutes prior. Like, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, like. I can't even think of what a good ending to this movie is because it's it's so bad. But dude, it's just um, very scattered. The movie because because it is true that if you end in the quantum realm again, like that is the last movie. That's not like a scary thing anymore because, yeah. whereas in Ant Man and the Wasp, he's stuck like in this like floaty like the middle of space kind of thing. Yeah, where there's like no one around him. He's in like a city. Yeah, that's not yeah. really that bad. And we also know they have the technology to go <laughs> into the quantum realm. Like, like, okay, if they had established that he ran out of those throwing stars yeah. because he had used so many in the, <laughs> the probability field sequence, that's a thing. Then it's like, oh, they are stuck because they ran out. Yeah. Dude, they and- don't do that. And there's so many people there. <laughs> Speaking of the... <laughs> like, like, the threat is gone. <laughs> oh, man. Like, what if he had ended up in a different reality because of Kang? Like yeah. Like a multiverse. Mm, That's a good cool. ending. Yeah. yeah. And I just thought of it, at, like, two seconds ago. <laughs> um, Dude, sorry, speaking of the movie. stars, just want to bring up a quick point. Remember how they used to, like use the stars to make like a toy size thing bigger mm. like how he yeah. hank pym literally summoned a tank in the first one yeah. why don't they do that anymore <laughs> that's fun <laughs> that's, yeah. because this is the quantum realm and dude, it's like, there's nothing we know it's it's a new world dude it's like it's like stuff makes no sense to us yeah, you know like it'll be so cool if that like a quinja in the pocket and just toss it up it's like oh it's big now because you use the quinja to fly around you know yeah and like Correct me if I'm wrong. Like the point of the the idea of the quantum realm is that it's it's like a space between atoms, right? It's very small. Yeah, like it's, it's yeah. that. But like, like play with that idea of like how does who how do his powers change in this world? Mm-hmm. We don't know anything about this world. Like how? Like, yeah. He just has the same power set. Yeah. <laughs> do something, and we also learn like nothing about the quantum realm. Like, we don't yeah. know, we know, like, nothing about how it works. We don't know why these people are there. How are people living there? Like Why do they look like people? Them? Because they also why don't do they know like what people? humans are, yeah. like, you know? Yeah, like, what are their, like, explore this world. You know what I mean? Like, I like I have the point written down where it's, like, this movie wastes so many scenes. And it, like, yeah. it wait in the first half of the movie, it wastes so many scenes that, it, like, it gets itself into a real problem that, like, 
we haven't learned enough to care about anything by the end of mm-hmm. it. Like there are multiple scenes. It's in the part where they've just gone the quantum realm and they're divided into two groups. It keeps cutting away oh God, from each yes. other's scenes and nothing happens. Like they're in that spaceship for like 45 minutes. Yeah. Just <laughs> talking. And yeah. I'm like, J- fucking do something. No, but like literally like, even if it's not just that they're not talking, they're like a, in a good scene there's a conflict that creates a significant change and then in a world in like a world building movie ideally we also learn a bunch of stuff about that world in that same scene absolutely yeah. it keeps cutting away before change occurs in the scene like when <laughs> when scott and cassie are like there it's like they're just talking cut away and like nothing changed you did not progress the plot at all then it cuts to janet and like like a little bit happens there and then it comes back to scott and cassie scott and cassie that's like four different scenes it's divided into of them just like being like hanging out with the the rebellion or whatever yeah and like like that could have been a three-page scene like that could have been a three-page scene you did not need to do that my favorite part about that is when the the leader of the resistance group is like i'm going to torture you for information they cut away they cut back and she's like well that's enough of that <laughs> like, what do you mean what do you mean you did it off screen oh man that drove me crazy because <laughs> it was like oh this will be interesting don't get to see it though yeah. uh, this movie's making me insane peter Dude, and I just thought also, like, Jenna has such a great subplot where it's like, you know, it's like, um, I technically, I'm the one that made Kang, like, who he is now, and do the Resistance know about it? Like, when they find out, how would they react? And I'm technically the one that knows the Quantum Realm the most, but I'm, like, concealing the fact that I know about it. You know, there's, like, so many things, like, you know, facing past trauma, you know, just like being here stranded, uh, and and like the fact that he, she had to fight Kang and the how things change. But then we just saw it's like okay, yeah, Bill Murray and Kang are friends now. Um, yeah, Resistance is still around, not doing too hot. It's like give it like I I would love if it's just like a like a flashback. Like Ant Man's not involved in a movie at all, and it's just like how Kang rose to power or something. It's like it's like <laughs> it's like it's much more interesting than any of the things that the movie tried to do, in my opinion. So it's like I completely agree. I would yeah. say one of my other favorite parts was the flashback between Kang and Janet. That yeah. is like when I say like that was the part where I was like, Holy shit, Jonathan Majors is like he's going off here. Like this is so he's like he has a line where he says like he's elevating this shit script. I was like picturing, I was picturing <laughs> words on a page, and I was like, yeah, this is just nothing dialogue. Like, but he's giving it so much. Like he looks like he's like a haunted person that like, like needs to believe the things he's saying, and there's like clear like doubt and fear in what he's saying too. It's so interesting. But to respond to what you're saying, Peter, I completely agree with you. I have a point written down that says Scott shouldn't be the protagonist. And what I mean by that is that Janet is realistically the pro- should be the protagonist of this movie. And like, 
like we i have a, a prof a screenwriting prof who says like you have a real problem if your protagonist isn't really doing anything like and isn't taking the main actions and doesn't have the most interesting anchor to the story and janet does and like it, like so if you break the movie down scott doesn't take like any of the major actions like any of the major plot points like the catalyst happens there in the quantum realm our initial conflict like once we're here is that like okay we need to find each other and get out scott doesn't commit to that until after janet has already committed to it mm-hmm. janet commits to it she's like we have to solve this problem we have to go do this scott gives like a somewhat wishy-washy passive committal and then <laughs> captured like yeah. and so he he doesn't accomplish it and then if we go to like the crisis action which is like the biggest action you have to take um in order to like solve the problem which is like um you know it's it's like right before the climax like the like the biggest thing you have to do scott doesn't take it Michael Douglas takes it because he brings in ants. the ants. The ants do it. Like, he doesn't do anything. Like, there is a point prior where he comes in all big and he's kicking shit around, but that doesn't do anything to the plot. And that's also a funny moment because it's like Kang is this big villain and then Ant Man does <laughs> powers and Kang's like, what's happening? <laughs> he's killed Ant Man before. He knows yeah. his powers. This should not be surprising. Dude, the guy kills Thor before. Like, yeah. what the fuck? But yeah, like, Scott, like, should not be the protagonist of this movie. Janet has such a more, like, promising anchor into this story. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very, like, she and Michael Douglas have the most important things to do in this movie. Yeah. And, like, I just think that's shocking. Like, it's Ant Man. Yeah. <laughs> It's well when it says Ant Man and the Wasp, it's talking about title. And Michael Douglas may as well be the Ant Man. Yeah, they didn't um, say which pair. <laughs> yeah, I literally thought that in the theater. I was like, well, I guess technically it is about the other Ant Man and the Wasp. Like But like what you're saying is so true. Like Janet is so important to this movie, which I mean great for Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, don't waste her if you're gonna get her. Yeah. I mean, like, like Michael Douglas is like doing nothing in this movie. Like, he was a respected actor for yeah. that, you know. But I mean, yeah, I think I think what you're saying about the flashback scenes, those are the most interesting. Even then, though, like, they're so like I was sitting in the theater for a movie that's so boring. Like, the flashback scenes are just kind of they're the best, but they're still there's not enough happening Agree. for me. Yeah, I think part of the problem is like the space is so boring that yeah. they're in they're in like a hut and like like a hut on a plane like the the i'm gonna be pretentious now but like the mise-en-scene is not there yeah they, no one put any thought into what was going on and then it's also so dark it's so it's so dark like i think they're also just afraid of like putting all of like the kang stuff out there early yeah so I think they literally said they cut so much of Kang's backstory because they want to save it. Don't fucking save it. Yeah. Because you. What are they saving it for? For like the actual thing, I guess. Because they like. Oh my god! Make the character work for the movie he's in. If he's the villain of this. If they're saving it for Kang Dynasty, oh my god, that movie's gonna flop. Yeah, it's too late. Like, Like. like, they're trying to do, like, the Thanos thing where you don't actually know his character until oh, that. that first yeah. movie. 
and just fucking do that here because yeah. there's a whole backstory about Kang that we don't know and it makes his actions like kind of confusing and he's like I need to like control the timeline and it's like but like I don't actually know why yeah you know and I didn't says, remember Loki enough I didn't remember Loki yeah. well enough personally so I was just like okay wait why is he doing that again like what's it what's going on here? there's and even between those two things like if you rewatch Loki like there's not enough information about why he's doing what he's doing and also like he's not introduced until like halfway through the movie which yeah. really slows it down because they're wasting so much time to be like oh, we're gonna bring him up in the the midpoint and it's gonna be like a huge thing yeah. and like he's in flashbacks but that doesn't count yeah like i think i think let's talk about kang um or actually sorry peter has his hand up what do you want yeah i want to talk about kang want? so okay let's talk about kang um my god Kang was not well introduced. Kang got defeated by a bunch of ants. Let, let's be real. He's like, full shield! And that's like, oh my god, I'm gonna go! Dynasty's <laughs> um, hey, gonna be over, like, so quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, it's like you know, and I was like, oh, I killed this guy before, you know? Just ants. Solution, ants. <laughs> um, like, that's... He's supposed to be a Thanos-level villain, you know? And I think... And, like... Even at this point, we still, I, I personally still don't realize how terrifying he is. Right? Like, I've seen, I've seen like how, like, explanations of his power, and like, we sort of get a taste of that in Loki, where he, like, instead of like when Sylvie stabbed her, spoiler, sorry, um, when, when Sylvie stabbed him, he's sort of like, instead of like, you know, like, like, oh, why'd you kill me? He's like, see you soon, you know? It's like, um, he had this interesting timeline manipulation thing going on where killing he who he who remains unleashes all the kang variants and we don't realize how scary that is and how you know killing kang like killing one kang doesn't really stop anything because there's so many kangs out there and all of them are capable of destruction and uh well i mean some more than others but like all of them are capable of destruction and have hold such immense power so and that we don't realize that. Like, in this movie, it's literally, okay, uh, Ken beats Scott in a fist fight, and then Scott and, uh, what's the wasp name? Fuck. Uh, Hope. Hope, right? Yeah. Uh, was smart and decided to detonate a bomb and just, like, p- push Kang onto it. It's like, Kang's like, oh, I'm gonna die now. <laughs> and just die. And this is supposed to be the most, the most terrifying Kang variant, where the one that Council of Kang exile because he's so bloodthirsty and like he's like you know out there trying to get revenge etc and you just die like that like come on man Ken should have won at the end of this movie you know this should be like a warning sign of like how scary Kang is to lead us into Loki to lead us into Kang dynasty you know and Scott shouldn't leave the movie uh, shouldn't leave the quantum realm all like cherry it's like oh we probably defeated Kang it should be like oh fuck guys like there's something coming and it's scary you know like the reason why thanos was like worked by like showing thanos bit by bit it's like we know thanos is a big threat you know it's like uh like they will find the chitauri in avengers one and it's like okay actually we defeated the chitauri we thought loki was a big bad but actually there's someone behind loki so we sort of like know how terrifying Thanos is relative to the villains we faced in the past, but there's no reference to Kang at, at all here. Like Kang is not manipulating some minion in the foreground 
to sort of uh, to do his bidding. It's like him doing it himself, but he kept failing. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> I can't be scared of a character like that, you know? Yeah, for a movie that's supposed to like intro the big bad, does it does such a poor job because he's not he's not scary. It's like what you're saying. Someone yeah. described him like I think it was just on a Letterbox review as like he's like a Darth Vader character. Like no, he is not. And I think I think two of the problems are <clears throat> more like structural problems in that one, there's no like, he doesn't start fighting people until the third act. Mm-hmm. And I think, and like, then he has to lose. Whereas if he had started like actually fighting people or like, I don't know, like he does that kind of like the force threat. Like maybe that's why they're calling him Darth Vader. Cause like yeah. in the prison scene, but even that, like, it doesn't do anything for yeah, me. It's like, like someone behind bars that you're just like beating them right? further, you know? It's like, like there's no way for them to fight back. Like, I think I think another issue is that the filmmaking is just so bad at making him appear threatening in any way. Yeah. I don't know what it like there's so many different things, but like leaving the movie, I was like, okay, clearly like the Avengers are not gonna have a problem dealing with this guy. And it, maybe it's because he gets defeated by ants. Yeah. But there's nothing there. It's also, it's really funny that he has this whole, like, telekinesis thing, but oh that, like, Let's and it's like, that's that. working, and they're hitting him with it, and he's hitting them with it, and then they just, they start Never. punching him more, and now uh. he can't do it anymore. <laughs> like, it doesn't like, work anymore. They're punching him harder now. <laughs> so, his, his power set is so unclear. <laughs> like, I know what it's supposed to be. He's from the future. So he doesn't have any powers. He's from the future and everything he does is technology based. Like I'm from the 21st or not the 21st century from like the 51st or, you know, whatever century. And so it's that technology that allows me to take over and do all these crazy things. And he's, I'm sure he's got a great intellect or whatever, but like, then he starts doing like insane shit that could not be explained by technology. So like, like I I wrote it down, he is energy manipulation. Like he just blasts shit. Sure, that could theoretically be like gauntlets. Okay, he has telekinesis. Uh, maybe, maybe that's technology. I don't know how you can explain that. Like, how do you tech the force? Yeah, whatever. He portals in this movie, he creates a portal (laughs) to get to the heist scene. And, like, how? How are you doing that? Where is the technology? It's not even like the square portals from the TVA, which would mm-hmm. at least make sense. Yeah. I just like I hate I'm so mad about mm. this one thing. I no anyways. Did the did the console of Kang sorry, did the Aiden, do you have a point? No, that's fine, you go. Did the oh, console so this of Kang spoilers, this is spoilers for the, the post credits. Yeah. Although we're already spoiling the entire movie, so yeah. whatever. Yeah. Anyways, the, did the console of Kang scene make sense to you guys? Like I thought like it didn't do it didn't do that much for me. There's a hilarious piece of dialogue. This there's a thing that happens multiple times in this movie where mm-hmm. a character says something and then another character responds to it but they're not responding to the thing that was said to them. It's as if they said something else. Like, in this cou- cou- Council of Kang, whatever the fuck What's wrong with you guys? It's a council, not a console. Council of Kang. I don't know. Council, council. Council of Kangs. There's one guy who's like, oh, that Kang is dead. Like, the one they banished to the quantum realm or whatever. Yeah. And then another one says, like, 
oh, you're just mad that you didn't kill him himself. You kill him yourself. And then another person says, none of us killed him. It's like, that is not a response to what you just said. You didn't say that. Man, that, that whole scene it's is so like, funny. it's so goofy. Like, I could not take it seriously. I was like, this is your threatening scene? They look like they're in cosplay right now. Like, <laughs> they they look like a circus. For real. It's a circus. The costuming <laughs> is not scary. Like, and then you've got like all the Kangs in the council going like, ooh, and they're like, like cheering like a bunch of rowdy football fans. I'm like, yeah. that's not scary at yeah. all. I don't know what you were thinking, but like, I know like, oh man, I know like that's what it's supposed to be. Like Amortis Ramatat, like, conceptually like i don't know how you translate this guy wearing a pharaoh outfit and making that look like like a legit like scary thing just based on it's it's the incongruity like he's in space he's in space and he's wearing like a pharaoh hat he looks silly yeah but like oh man i what a terrible post-credit scene and then following it up with like the best post credit scene I've seen in a long time, so like let's talk about that one. Lo- the lo- the scene from Loki, Loki season Loki, two yeah. was the best part of this entire movie. The post credit, at least for me, this post credit scene because this is the literally the only time Kang appears threatening, and it's because of a close up reaction shot. Yeah, like someone who knows what filmmaking is. And like can apply those things yeah. is the only reason why I'm even a little scared of Kang. And it's because Loki sees Kang and he looks terrified. Yeah. Even though he's not he's not wearing a suit, he looks like a goofy little uh I don't know, yeah. Nikola Tesla type guy with yeah. glasses or whatever. Um but like that scene works because someone knows what they're doing. Yeah. What do you guys think about that scene? No, I, I completely agree. Like, I, I think that that was, I was kind of checked out by them. Like, I, I actually, like, stood up and was walking down the stairs and it was like, oh, fuck, there's another one of these. Another one. <laughs> um, and so, like, I uh, I just kind of, like, stood to the side and just waited for it. But, yeah, no, I liked it. Like, because the thing you say about, like, a clo- the close-ups, like, this movie is generally allergic to close-ups, yeah. which I think is, like, like, that made me so upset because there's multiple times where... Jonathan Majors is delivering a like doing a great job of delivering these lines, and we are in like a medium full shot, and he's like in shadow, and like yep. we can't see his face because it's too dark. Like, it, <laughs> so yeah, like like a scene where it's like we just see him, he emerges out of the darkness, we see his face in full, oh cut to a close reaction shot. That's so powerful in comparison to what we just saw. Yeah. Oh man. I was, I'm still thinking about that scene. Like, like yeah. it's starting in darkness, but like good darkness because yeah. someone yeah. knows lighting clearly yeah. on the Loki set. Oh, man. Well, but, and I think it's also yeah. very unexpected, right? Like, you don't expect to yeah. see a Loki scene in in uh, Quantumania. And like, I don't think <laughs> they've ever done like uh, showing like a scene from a TV show at the end of a movie. They've done stupid have, shit like that, though. Like, something, like, that, it felt familiar. Like, it like felt taking... Like, Taking a scene, so Ant Man One ends with a scene from Civil War. Right, well, I'm saying like from the TV show into the movie. Not from, they, not from TV show. They yeah, been, but and like, and I thought like one thing that's really cool to me is like you immediately realize like oh Kang's not supposed to be there. Like Kang doesn't belong in that era, <laughs> and 
and like and then obviously like you have the polar opposite mobius versus loki their reaction um and and like that just gets you hyped for loki season two it's like yo kang is gonna be in like uh in 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 marvel properties other than movies you know and i think that concept is so interesting and very exciting mm-hmm. that uh, we're gonna see kang multiple times before the eventual battle in avengers so yeah that's cool i like that also i just wanted to say like i had a discussion with someone and they thought i want to see what you guys think so the kang at the end of the movie in the post credits that's the same kang we've been seeing the entire movie right no okay so okay so i'm the only one who thinks that but i i i do think that from from the way scott kind of ends the movie like we defeated him right that seems to me like him getting into the bomb thing like mm-hmm. i think he might just got teleported to a different time sorry either that yeah. either that or one of those things where he's been like oh i got exploded across the the time stream and i'm everywhere now he's everywhere Every uh, no, he's everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> I always miss the everything. Yeah. Um, but no, like like I so that I, I could see happening. Like Loki travels throughout time and everywhere he goes, he sees Kang. That'd be pretty cool. But I don't I don't think he's gone. Um, I did have a real point though. Um, my last thing about why Kang doesn't work in this movie is he's not an Ant Man villain. Now that's not necessarily a problem. You can put in a villain who's not. From the comics a villain what but the issue is that they don't then make him an ant-man villain or like a villain that is specific to this character yeah he's just like a guy that ant-man comes across like their conflict isn't personal yeah it's it's he's and i'm almost certain like like kane probably says that like it's not personal yeah. i need you to do something for me <laughs> because you have a specific skill set also not really true (laughs) there's like five different people who could have done that um and and he has to like he has to kidnap cassie to make it personal but i think like that doesn't do enough yeah because you've got a character who like like something that i've been noticing in the in my rewatch of the mcu is 90 percent of the time the villain is like a dark reflection of the main character or a main character and I think that's like honestly like in most movies even outside the MCU because that's just good writing. Your villain should reflect the main character in some way to provide a room room to grow, right? So the character says, "Here's that trait I have turned to a dark version of it." Yeah. And I can learn from that. But there's like nothing that applies that that is part of Kang's personality that applies to anyone in the movie. The first couple movies it's usually a dark reflection of Hope or Hank. So Darren Cross, Yellow Jacket, that's like a dark Hope more than anything else because he's mm-hmm. like, he feels rejected by uh, Hank and even like they're, well, whatever. Um, the sequel, Ghost, that's an evil wasp, not an evil Ant-Man because Ant-Man has no character arc. Yeah. But like Kang doesn't even reflect anything for any of the main characters um kang kang needs to like like yeah he needs to like represent like the selfishness of ant-man so yes yes by by overcoming kang he's ant-man's also overcoming that 
exactly like that's, that's what, what they needed that's what needs to happen in this and it's just like nope nope yeah because also like king's selfishness like like i don't i don't get it is he selfish because i don't i don't understand why he's doing what he's doing right well, it's not like, he wants to es- he wants to escape the quantum realm but like who wouldn't yeah you know well but it's not even like i don't even know if kang needs to be that selfish himself he just needs to be this thing that like offers scott the easy way out okay and yeah. scott needs to choose to take it like like whether or not to take it like that's what needs to happen and it's just like yeah. instead we do a, a heist but it's not a real heist <laughs> like real heist. yeah well, I think on top of that, I think uh, like you just can't really empathize with Ken as a villain. It's like um, like Thanos, like he had a legitimate reason. It's like, oh, universe is dying. Uh, people are using too much resources. We need to reduce the population by half. Like it is a cause that people can get behind, you know. But like Kang is like, okay, I want to conquer worlds. I want to destroy them. What? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Alex, I won't. I won't trump the line. <laughs> thank you um i mean like if it's a direct response to peter like i got something yeah. kind of separate so you can yeah. I, yeah i was gonna say like there is something i it movie doesn't explain it well and i don't really remember so like mm-hmm. uh there is something like timelines there is bad stuff happening i do get the sense like he feels like this is the thing he needs to do i just don't feel but like, like why knows. you know why no, is he know, compelled to really do that because they right? don't explain it but like they yeah, I just think they need to explain that. Sorry, Alex, what were you going to yeah. say? Well, okay, two things. I'll respond to that first because, like, I'm actually kind of annoyed that they're going this route because it's the Thanos route. Like, I've seen this before. The, benevol- the, the benevolent, like, yeah. I'm just calling what needs to be called is stale. We've done that before. That was Thanos. Can we not just have a guy who thinks he's right but, like, for yeah. selfish reasons? Like, I just want to be the king of the universe. Like that's something that could make sense for a particular type of person. Mm. I don't need it to be like, I'm saving everybody. He doesn't need to be the hero. Just like Thanos was. I think it's, yeah. it's too much repeat, but right. But is uh, that what happens in the comics? Like, is that, uh, um, Kang's motivation? Like I just, I've, I've read very little. I read one. Um, I think it was called timeless. It was a recent comic, um, that kind of like, summarize who kang was throughout mm. um comic history and into yeah. like one book and so his thing was like he i'm trying to remember so he's in love with this person ravana who was in loki um so they'll eventually bring her into the the fold i'm imagining but they don't even mention her in this movie which is insane to me so he's in love with this person and he's he's tr- always trying to like make himself into the conqueror like his older cells are like training him and they're like, you have to like not love and like, cause that's weakness or whatever. And he, his thing is like, he wants a challenge. He wants to conquer. And like, I don't get any of that from this movie. Um, But what I was going to say was, well, like what this movie should have been is I think what you said, like him choosing the selfish path, like that's what he should have just done that. Like in the second act midpoint, let's say he, gets the opportunity to play or actually no this would probably be closer to like third act but whatever it doesn't matter like yeah. he imagine like he does get the thing from kang and he gets yeah. time with cassie and then like he's in this like warped 
reality where things are different like maybe the avengers are gone yeah and what it, like, he could get stranded there maybe not but like that's actually like an interesting thing they could have done absolutely um yeah and then he has to spend like like he has to take the most drastic actions to undo what he's done which is like yeah. a tried and true like good plot thing and then like it's also a good plot thing because then it's like the biggest action he has to take is the thing he should have done from the beginning yeah which is like not like be selfless and help the little guy yeah and help the Whatever little guy that is, but yeah but, man we could have written a better ant man movie any other <laughs> thoughts on kang no. disappointed to be honest i think they yeah. like wasted jonathan majors i actually <laughs> I, I think he like elevates the literally as so much though i actually think he's great in this movie yeah he is great but i don't I, I don't enough. I don't think that w- he was that good in this movie to be honest. I really liked him. Yeah? yeah. Okay. If you if you like Jonathan Majors, go check out um Last Black Man in San Francisco. That's I really want to watch that. Yeah. With him in it. Um I'm trying to think what else I've seen. Oh, it was um Creed 3. I see. Yeah, I'm working on it. <clears throat> Wasn't he in um that western movie or maybe there's someone else? Yeah, he's in uh um what's it called? The uh the the heart of they fall was he in that yes 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 he was in that he was the main hero i think i'm seeing oh idris elba he was the bad guy though wasn't he idris elba is the bad guy jonathan majors stars in that movie you're right he's not had a lot actually he was in the he was in the devotion the the top gun movie he was into five bloods which is um spike spike lee uh, some stuff I've never heard. Well, there's <laughs> also a uh, Lovecraft, Lovecraft County, right? Oh, and then, yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I've seen him a bunch. Anyways, he's great. Um, now that we're done talking about Kang, let's talk about the other big bad of the <laughs> movie. And by big bad, I mean it was bad, and he is big, very big, <laughs> big bad. Uh, Modok. Um, I have. I'm gonna start with my rant about this because I have strong feelings about Modok. Okay. So, Modok is silly looking. I get it. I know. <laughs> That's the point. When you take the silly looking character and make him silly, it's like I think that's like a hat on a hat. Like, yeah. It, that's stupid. The funny thing about Modok is that he is so threatening. Not like okay, he he doesn't like kill Avengers ever. Like he's never actually done anything interesting in the comics, but like he has this inflated ego of like his own abilities. And he like he acts like he is like the Terminator T2 kind of like or T2000 1000 whatever. Mm-hmm. Like he should act like he is unstoppable so that when he looks so stupid and is maybe not as competent as he would like that's funny yeah because it's the incongruity because between who he thinks he is and what he actually is that's like comedy 101 i learned this (laughs) in comedy class last year there was a real course i took and i i could have written a better modok based on that and so that's what makes me so frustrated because they they turn a character who's from the previous movie uh what's his name darren cross yeah they turned darren cross who was like a psychopath in that movie. <laughs> so evil yeah and like, like 
like an unhinged monster detached from all <laughs> humanity. Like that's what like un- unhinged is the best word because, yeah. and then and then when he needs to like be that more than ever in Modok, he's like brad like just some brad like (laughs) random guy you know he's a brad like his name isn't brad he's a brad like hey brad how's it going and like he acts like that the whole time dude and his last words were i hope i'm not a dick or something it's like like, come on man the line i actually did like the line where he's like I died in Avenger or whatever. I actually thought that was really funny. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. Didn't make any sense, yeah. but I laughed because it, it was, was funny was, and like, quite funny. like, and then Scott's reaction is actually funny to that too, where he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." You are. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. But he's so confused, he's like, uh, "Sure." It's also like Modok's arc. <laughs> it's like like the non-existent, bro. Like, oh, he's been turned into a monster, and like maybe like. I don't have to be a dick. Like, I can help people. Yeah, it's like, like but he's I, funny now. I'm Modoc, but I need to be Darren again. Darren was a fucking <laughs> lunatic. <laughs> like, what does this Like, it's totally, if you want to say that between movies, he suddenly developed this conscience and, like, being distorted like this, like, like made him, like, rethink things, okay. But they can't, Ark can't be, I need to find my way back to who I was. That's not, <laughs> yeah. that's not what you're doing. Like, actually, no, I'm already thinking of better ideas of how to accomplish that. Like, because it's a comedy, you have so much leeway to be silly with it. Yeah. Like, show his childhood, but, like, in a goofy way. Yeah. Like, like a goofy, like, I wasn't always like this. And then, like, <laughs> show, like, a goofy scene from his childhood, right? Man, like. Yeah, it ju- it truly just comes out of nowhere that the character arc. Although it is funny when that when the scene happened when he was like, "I died an Avenger," I was like, "Someone is like updating the Avengers Wikia right now, being like Avengers members, Modok brackets deceased, <laughs> like, like or like temporarily, like I'm sure someone fucking did that." Yeah. Uh, but anyways, um, man. What a waste. The, Peter, thing, any... the one thing, oh, sorry, yeah. I have a positive thing to say about MODOK, which is that a shot I thought was cool in the movie, when MODOK first arrives to get Cassie and Scott, there's like, there's a certain thing that happens, like the explosion app goes off and then there's like smoke in the air and Cassie and Scott are kind of just silhouettes and they're like, what's going on? And then MODOK's lights appear in the background yeah, and I was like, oh, that's a fun shot. And it was yeah. just like, it was one of the few moments where it, like there, there were little moments where there were small details that I liked. Like there was also this is jumping back, but it's just a really quick point. Like in the fist fight between Kang and Scott in the end, like all mm. of Kang's punches have like the sound of like bricks under them. It's like oh, the really? sound of like a brick hitting something. Like really, and I was like, oh, that's nice. That's cool. Like he feels stronger because of that. Um, but and so like this was it, there was that little moment where I was like, that's a fun shot. Yeah, there's some interesting things, too, that they, like, bringing a character back from the first one that they kind of, like, use. I wish they had used them more, but, like, I like that when Darren comes back, he's he really just wants to kill, um, fucking... Ant-Man. What's his name? Ant-Man original, Hank. Oh, the Hope. Oh, Hank. No, he, he's, he's so mad at Hank. Like, I thought that was an interesting idea, and he does try to attack him later. But I think I think more interesting than that was the idea that Cassie might be like afraid of this guy because yeah. he had like kid quote unquote kidnapped her in the first movie. 
but then like she's not even even like remotely afraid of him <laughs> like fairly quickly she's like oh my god that's the guy who kidnapped me and then she's like yeah he looks pretty stupid though and then later like well, maybe don't be a dick yeah. like oh what god. like i like he should what i wrote in my review was that he should have been like the monster under the bed for her like that's yeah. like a core childhood memory she should have been like traumatized by that and yeah. seeing him again should have been scary and guess what like then she would have had to overcome something sounds like a character arc yeah you know anyways that's- dude and i like honestly i'm not a fan of the look like the enlarged face thing does not work for no, me. No, it's like they're doubling down on the Robert Rodriguez movie like look, but doing it worse again because this is like the guy from Shark Boy and Lava Girl. But yeah. like I have, that one is funny. I do have to say, like, there's a certain degree for that complaint where I'm like, that's what he looks like. Like, I don't know how you make a big-headed individual look less stupid than that. Like, like remember. Remember when they did Eitri the Dwarf in Infinity War with Peter Dinklage? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really, fine. He looks kind of silly though. Like yeah, as but that a one doesn't look as bad. Yeah. No, it's and, much less bad. But like, and I'm pretty sure didn't they do Modok in the Avengers game? And I thought that looked fine, right? That's a video game where everyone is like a cartoon, though. You know, it's it's when you get into live action. Like I don't know if you can make. I don't know. Maybe you could. But I, I do think there's a certain point where people are like, oh, man, MODOK looks so stupid. I'm like, okay. Dude, just keep the mask on. Just keep, just, keep the, just keep the mask on. I could be more of it. But yeah. Anyways. Um, this is the first time where I feel like we don't have a natural next thing to talk about. Yeah. Um, well, I guess one of my big complaints as well is that like this is a core filmmaking thing where I've mentioned it slightly already where the editing in this movie is at times like very rough to the point where like there's actually key pieces of information and scenes that we don't get or we don't get at the right time at least because of the editing like i mentioned earlier that there's a scene in the beginning where it cuts it rapidly cuts to these three singles and i get what the point of it was but it was just kind of weird there's a point in the scene in which bill murray comes in and for context bill murray is like the the quantum lord whatever it <laughs> does team. not even matter doesn't who fucking, he is. does not matter at all but like he and janet used to be together and they led an uprising they, against kang or whatever it doesn't matter they used to, to yada 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 yeah yeah exactly it's a yeah, nice. reference. um but Okay, in this scene, it's like, oh, he's, like, turned bad, and he's, like, sold his soul since Janet knew him. There's a scene where his, like, troops march in the door, and that what we see is a shot of them coming through the door and marching up. It's quick enough that we can't really see what they're holding or what they're doing. It cuts back to the conversation. Everyone looks, like, mildly threatening. They talk for a little bit, and then Bill Murray says, whoa, guys, you can put down the guns. And then it cuts back to them, and we see that they were holding guns up. <laughs> what? <laughs> and yeah. it's like, show us that they're pointing guns at them. Why did you do that? And that, then yeah. it just shows them, like, lowering the guns. And it's like, that, like, there was no threat here. I didn't know that they were threatened right now. Like, I can tell Bill Murray's being sus, but, like... <laughs> show them pointing the guns at them <laughs> that whole scene i i didn't pick up on the editing but that is that sequence because i think it's i don't think 
they're there and then they cut away and then they yeah, come back to that's them. The, that's like, the wasted scene. Yeah, sequence, yeah. Like, that's 101 like bad screenwriting because n- like nothing happens in that scene. Yeah. Bill Murray is introduced for no reason. Like, yeah. like he doesn't do anything later in the movie. They don't cut back to him ever. I, he might be dead. I don't remember that thing. That monster comes out. I don't know if he dies, but like literally the point of that scene is one explain why they can understand the quantum people they spend like 15 minutes trying to tell you like this is why they can understand the language don't worry about it guys we figured it out we thought about it all it happened with scott and cassie and they just like do the same do it again <laughs> i'm like i don't care just 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 like assume that maybe they speak english yeah, like, it doesn't matter to me or, I've seen... or make it make it like a really quick thing where someone shoves it into their hand and it's like oh, and then they speak and then it's like 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 every space alien movie ever does not care. Yeah, Star right. Star Wars, Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> never spend so much time to explain why they all speak English. <laughs> because we don't care. <laughs> so like that's like the main thing for the scene. And the second main thing is so that they get a ship. Yeah. That's it. They need a spaceship to get around so yeah. they can spend forty-five minutes of the movie in the ship. Yeah. Man. Just bring like a shrunken Quinjet, like Peter said. Yeah. Like just have something on you, like the tank from the first movie. This is the third of the trilogy. Do callbacks. Yeah, you should be evolving, yeah. right? Not yeah. going backwards. Oh my god! And like, it's just so that they can have this stupid joke where Michael Douglas is like, "I don't want to put my hands in this jelly." <laughs> 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 I will say, for that point though. There's a line later in the movie that I thought was hilarious. And this is good setup and payoff. So he's like, I don't want to put my hands in the thing. And I'm like, this is dumb. But later he's like, I'll drive. And I thought that was so funny. Where it was kind of like like a resign, like, oh, I guess I'll drive. Yeah, yeah. I'm the only guy who puts the hands in the thing. Yeah. That's funny. That's my thoughts in the bar scene. My it's also thought is that Bill Murray is fucking awful in this awful. scene. Agreed. He, like that is it is atrocious acting i was like i cannot believe what i'm seeing why is he here like what is going on like i, I, was, actually, I was like i was sitting there like gobsmacked i was like i can't believe that there's this bad of acting in- i honestly think that like peyton reed has like a list of actors he wants to work with and is just like going down the list of like like 80s huge actors that he can waste in his movie because michael douglas michelle pfeiffer lawrence fishburne was in the yeah what is he doing with these guys how much are they paying them to do nothing yeah it's insane to me how little these characters matter lawrence fishburne is almost worse than bill murray in this movie like lawrence fishburne in the last one there's a couple of scenes where he's like like they've got like their dog-sized ants to like make him not do anything a guy who doesn't pose any threat at all by the way and he just has to like stand there with his hands up and go like whoa whoa there's some ants around me right now because clearly he's like acting against nothing and his reactions are so funny because like 
He's literally just standing there like, whoa, <laughs> some ants right now. <laughs> oh, ant time. I didn't realize it was ant time. <laughs> Go back and watch those. It's so funny. <sighs> okay. Um, there's some other things we can talk about. So this movie, I feel, is embarrassed to be an Ant-Man movie, which is like, like to be embarrassed by what you are is like sure. the worst thing that can happen to a movie. And Marvel has been doing this for a while, yeah. where their comedy is always like, oh, is that so dumb? Yeah, it's like, look, guys, <laughs> guys, we know we're being goofy. Guys, look how dumb this is. Guys, look yeah. how goofy it is. Yeah. Like, like the, like, I'm thinking like the Dr. Octopus joke in Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, your name is Doc Ock, or Octavius, <laughs> <laughs> you have eight arms. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> what it is. We get it. Don't, anyways, so for the Ant-Man movie, though, this is the worst case of it, because we've established what an Ant-Man movie should be. Twice. Yeah. We have two examples of what Ant-Man is. And then they decide to strip every single thing that was pleasurable about those movies to make like nothing. Yeah. So the ensemble cast, one of the highlights of those movies. Yeah. It's specifically Michael Piana as Luis, yeah. but also David Desmaltian. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I saw wait. his name in the credits of this movie and I was like, wait, what? Oh, He's no. the guy with the holes. He's the holes guy. Oh, is he? Oh. He voices him, yeah. Oh, so, okay. so those two guys, T.I. I could take or leave, but like, like you know, like those two guys, big part of it. Jimmy Woo was really fun, and he makes yeah. like a brief, super brief appearance. Cassie's parents aren't in this movie, yeah. and Dude, they're so fun. Real. Yeah, like, oh man. So like, that's a whole thing. Bobby Bobby Cannaval, I think is his name. Yeah, like, yeah. I only know that because of Blonde. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, the shrinking thing, like recontextualizing small objects as really big objects, that's a huge part of the Ant Man franchise. None of that in this movie, uh, except the cop car, I guess. Um, there's no height. Oh, we do see yeah. it, but it's you do like, see the cop car. We don't see it like, happen. It's just he, she has the thing. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't like a joke either. Like yeah. it was like okay, sure. Um, heists are usually like a pretty big thing. I guess they don't really do it in the the second one, but if they had done like an actual heist, that's kind of like what I feel like. That's what the Ant-Man movies just should have been. Like the Ocean's Eleven movie, of yeah. <laughs> MCU, yeah. like that's all he can do. It's like, what do you do with shrinking powers? Yeah. You sneak into places. Like, I don't know if there's much more than that. And then, like, the last thing I have is that the smaller stakes. Like, that's what the the Ant movies are good at. That mm-hmm. it's fun to be like, okay, now here's a break from the super high stress, like important stuff the mcu this is like the palate cleanser it was good at being that and it also like when it does that but also like treats itself seriously like the stakes are real for the characters even if they're not that big for the wider universe the the conflict challenges the characters in a new way yeah like all of those things were what made the ant-man franchise enjoyable and then they're just like ah fuck all that i guess we want to do something completely different yeah Anyways, that's my rant. Do you guys have? No, I, I agree with you. I don't really have much to add to that, but I, I think you're right. Yeah. Same here. I also saw someone say that like this movie is Peyton Reed has wanted to do a Fantastic Four movie for like 20 years, and this is someone said on Twitter that this is obviously him just being like, 
ah, oh, fuck it, I'll make my Ant Man movie, the, the the Fantastic Four movie. So think about it. But it's shit. <laughs> that is shit. But like, think about it. Like the Fantastic Four have this place called the Negative Zone, and like that's a big thing for them. Yeah. This is basically this might as well be the Negative Zone because the fact that it's quantum and small has no, has no impact on the plot. Also, the the negative zone would be for the Fantastic Four, like their powers don't change, and their powers. That's what happened here. Yeah, in another universe, yeah. whereas Ant Man is one of the few characters where putting him in a different location actively hampers like his power set and makes it less interesting. Yeah. I guess the only other one would be like Spider Man would be really shitty in the quantum <laughs> realm, for example. But um, and then the other thing is like Kang is clearly. A Fantastic Four villain because he is a great descendant of Reed Richards. Reed Reed Richards. He's like the relative, and he's like a science guy. And Reed Richards is a science guy. Yeah. This should have just been Fantastic Four. <laughs> it's so it's it's ridiculous, but yeah. Um. Anyways, what do you guys want to talk about? Is there anything you guys haven't discussed I- yet? I pretty much have my uh, my thoughts summed up on this movie. It's it's a bad one. It is a terrible one. I just I will say that like using one of the Rick and Morty writers is so fucking obvious in this movie too. Like the replacement ensemble cast are like Rick and Morty stock characters, like the I have holes guy yeah, 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 and yeah. the telepath. Yeah, like they're all I would, like I could picture this movie in the Rick and Morty style animation, like like Modok especially and like. The Council of Kings, the whole Ant-Man probability, like that's all super yeah. Rick and Morty, which is weird. And then also this movie is very like liberal, but also in a way that I don't like really believe it. So remember the stuff where like Cassie's like, you need to like fight the cops. Oh, <laughs> you should be stopping the police. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> like, like I'm all for that conceptually but like the idea of ant-man fighting the police (laughs) is absurd it's not what would happen and and then there's like other things like michael douglas says in the movie yeah he says socialism is a charged word these days but like the ants are doing it yeah what is this like yeah that's like a weird place to put that anyway and it's all over the movie and i don't know like if it's if it's i don't know like maybe i feel like it's the writer like trying to be like haha look at me <laughs> but, yeah but, like it's just like okay man this is an yeah. ant-man movie this is a Disney <laughs> yeah. movie brother like <laughs> yeah i feel like it's like marvel has always been accused of being like military propaganda so like yeah. i almost feel like they're trying to be like guys we get it we're cool too <laughs> we can be like you're gen z like we're so leftist <laughs> like i don't i don't believe you though yeah I don't believe you at all. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, what do you guys think? Worst Marvel movie ever? I think so, yeah. I, I don't, like, I'm trying to think of, like, the other shitters, and it's, like, Iron Man 2. Uh, I like Iron Man 2 a little bit. Yeah, Iron Man 2 is better than this, for sure. Um, Thor 2. But Thor 2 is, like, a plot that, like, set up and pay off. Yup, boom, yup. You know what I mean? Like, Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, a one done. It's, like one done. it's yeah. surprisingly watchable, though. Yeah, like, you no, I know. Back, exactly. Like this is fun, even though it means nothing. Yeah, this is definitely. I hate Thor four, but this is better. This is worse than Thor four. 
Um, yeah, I have, Thor, I have Thor four as my second worst because yeah. I do think this is worse. I think Somehow, worse by God, Marvel made the worst two movies <laughs> back to back end of a year. Not not quite back. Uh, not to not back to back. Yeah, but like yeah, like worse than all the Thor movies. Yeah. Somehow, you did it, Marvel. <laughs> you've you've topped yourself. Uh, Peter, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. I'm trying to find your MCU rank list right now. Why mine? Why are you looking for mine? I have no. mine in front of me. Well, well, it's like, uh, why do you have? Oh, you have different posters now because you're a Patreon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I got. I'm a patron on Letterbox. Follow me, guys. Uh, uh, what is it? Underscore Alex Gordon underscore. Do you get you, you get your time to promote at the end? <laughs> okay. Posters now. Yeah. yeah, I honestly, I see it. I see it. Like, I really hated Black Widow. Black Widow was better than this. I have not seen the Hulk, but I guess Hulk. I don't even bad. remember, but I just um, remember like vaguely. Incredible yeah. Hulk is not very good at all. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think. Yeah. Agree. I'm, I'm still working on the rewatch, but anyways, let's move on. Peter, yeah. we have a segment. We do have yeah. a segment, and I think it's Aiden's job to introduce that segment. Aiden, oh. we have a segment. <laughs> I messed so- up. I don't know if you guys have noticed. You may have forgotten. Podcast guys, we're back. Called, we're back. We're back. We're back. The podcast is called Predator vs. Movies. We've done the movie part. Now it's time to get into the Predator part. This is the segment where we ask the question, would the Predator from the movie Predator improve this movie? Thank yeah, you. That'd be sick. That's my Absolutely. Be Yo, <laughs> Predator versus Kang? Anyone? If if Kang had like an ounce of Predator in him and like Oh that too. Like looking not looking, like being that level of scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, know? if Predator wanted to like like hunt in the quantum realm or something, like yeah, give yeah. me something. Yeah, absolutely. He should have been like I'm um, thinking like Empire Strikes Back, like when Darth Vader hires all the bounty hunters. Like yeah. you should have been like in the lineup with Modok. Yeah, <laughs> you can have them like compete against each other. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, yeah. Modok's like really, the we're like predator here with this one. Where in the beginning of the plot, it was always if the movie's bad, then Predator would improve it. If the movie's good, Predator would not. And we're yeah, facts. Like, movie's bad, so Predator would improve it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty well. Well, because I think the idea is like. If the movie's bad, like it needs something to make it worthwhile, and yeah. throwing in something completely random makes it worthwhile, yeah. <laughs> you know. But yeah, I think we're all in agreement here. Um, I don't know what else could he do if he got them into the quantum realm, because like I something else we didn't mention, but like the way they get into the quantum realm is kind of so random. gimmicky. Yeah, yeah, like like I was. I was making a, a telescope, a quantum telescope, and then we're gonna get ah, we shrunk it down. Oh, <laughs> what are you talking about? Make any sense? They should. They probably should have just done like Cassie's shrinking in her suit, and then she shrinks herself too small because yeah. she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. Mm-hmm. And then That's they the have thing. to it's go like, follow her. I thought you it's could so access easy. the quantum realm at any point in space. Like, I didn't... I don't know. Well, you, you either use the quantum tunnel or you turn off the regulator. You have yeah. two options to get there that are previously established. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Why did they come up with a new one? Yeah. 
Like, just have Cassie be the reckless hero. That's clearly what her arc is. Anyways, we're, we're done with the movie. We're done. Uh, Peter, we have a segment. We do. Now it's your turn. Predator's Picks. What have you guys watched in the past, I don't know, a month? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, Aiden, you can start. Uh, yeah, I haven't watched uh, too, too much stuff. I watched the movie Cocaine Bear, directed by the Cape. The, the show chaotic. Queen of Chaos herself, Elizabeth Banks. And I would actually say one of my biggest complaints of the movie, not chaotic enough. Yeah. <laughs> it was not like I I think my letterbox review was something like not enough bear, not enough cocaine bear, bear should have had superpowers. And like like that's my honest opinion. Like I genuinely believe the bear should have been like impervious to guns or something like that. Like, <laughs> they should have made it like unnaturally, like they should have really ran with it. Whereas like they should have had to keep finding new ways to try to deal with the cocaine bear and they're not working. So it's like they try shooting it. It can't die from bullets. <laughs> like bullets aren't working because it's just running on cocaine. So it's like, maybe you have to try this or and then like, you know what I mean? Like, and it escalates. The movie doesn't really escalate. It's just like, stuff happening bears there are so many times where it's like oh i want the cocaine bear to do this thing and it doesn't like there's a Dude, so what you're looking for is jaws but a cocaine bear is literally what it was marketed as yeah so yeah. really yes oh my god i thought it's supposed but, to be a comedy man jaws wasn't a comedy no but yeah it's a like, comic version of i it. think you literally all, the only switch you need to do is to show him like jaws refrains from showing the shark you should show cocaine bear that like all day like yeah. every day yeah it's constantly there and like yeah like there was one scene where cocaine bear is like up a tree and i was like he's gonna jump to the other tree and like knock it down and then he just does it and i was like oh he goes down and then climbs up the other tree yeah which is like the boring way to do it yeah, yeah. no i yeah, i was i was pretty let down by it i like i i've seen a lot of people complain about the characters like yeah the characters aren't good but I don't care. I don't need them to be good. Like, I, I really don't care what the characters are, as long as there's just a reason why they're interacting with the cocaine bear. Like, and it, I don't I know. Mean, like, it's just. I, yeah, I had some gripes with characters because I, I also saw it. Um, I, I do think having. If they had just picked pick one of the characters to be the anchor, because there isn't, yeah. it's not clear who the lead is. Because it's it's like an ensemble movie, but like no one is interesting, and they're all like dealing with. There's so much of their like side plots, like it's it's too important for a movie where I just literally want to see them get murdered by a cocaine yeah. bear, and they can't stop talking about like the most boring stuff that is and like boring and unbelievable. Yeah. Like like there's just one guy who's like, like he's mourning the loss of his wife, and they just like just fucking talking and talking yeah. and talking and talking no and, like playing 20 questions that scene was so bad yeah dude i'm gonna i'm gonna reference a strange movie but in venom 2 there's a, there's a scene in which like carnage is like ranting to venom at the end where it's like uh, we're together like you'll you're just like me you'll never defeat me and then venom's like shut the fuck up and bites his head off and that's like like it's a great moment in that movie. The whole cocaine bear should have been that the entire time. 
where it's like yeah. it's like characters just like die brutally and cocaine bears just like ah <laughs> and then they all die the best scene in the movie is the ambulance scene and it was released as a clip on twitter like a week before the movie so yeah. i had seen it and i was like oh that was like the highlight there's like nothing else in the movie it's yeah there's it really is just like nothing yeah for something that's an hour and a half if there's a lot of time wasted yeah Anyways, um, what else have you seen? Other pick, I've been watching The Last of Us. Uh, I really like it. Bro. It's been going really well. Let's talk about The Last of Us, man. Final episode okay. tonight. Spoilers, because yeah. like I have not seen Yeah, bro. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just going to say, bro, Ellie, my God. What? What? <laughs> she went berserk, bro. Oh, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Well, I, I've, I've like seen the game. I knew this. I, okay. I think but, like, genuinely episode eight might have been my favorite. So it was really good one. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. No, yeah, I think uh there's some really, really good writing in the show. Like I really like the scene where like I like how you kind of realize like, oh, he's with the guys from the university. You mm-hmm. realize that like right before he <gasps> says it and you're like oh. No, I'm not even it's, 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 it's a pretty sick really like I am yeah. um, I really like a lot of the and, and I love how like the relationship is switched up, right? Like Ellie's always been the one being protected and now she has to be the protector and how Careful. like she just has to like mature up so quickly and like yeah. face face doubts, face fears like in such a short span of time. I, I really like cool. in the most recent episode like yeah. the way Joel saves her is yeah, but in a different way. In a different yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I won't get more specific than that. Yeah. But like, that's... I like you choosing your words carefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's, that show's been really good. I've uh, yeah. I've really liked it. Um, I, I love that you can tell they're actually out in the wilderness. It's so clear that they are, mm. like, in the winter. Like, Dude, they're in, they filmed it in Calgary yeah, uh, or, no, like, no. Alberta the, somewhere. The episode yeah. in the mall, I was like, man, I've been to a mall that looks like that. It's in Calgary. <laughs> And then I looked it up, and it is in fact the mall of Ventura Calgary. I was like, oh, that's man. wild, but dude. Yeah. And I and I just thought, like, also, um, like I love how these are just like, like they, these encounters, like that you witness in the episode, they immerse you into the world. It's like I can see this happening in a post-apocalyptic world. Like, yes, it is messed up, but I can see this happening. And even though I don't agree with it, but like I understand it's ne- necessary for them to do that to survive you know I'm like excited. i'm referring to like uh the food yeah yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah yeah like yeah. yeah yeah for sure i think like yeah. that's even if i hadn't played the game i think i would have been like okay that's what this is like just because yeah. of like it's a pretty it's a somewhat common like zombie yeah. apocalypse or just apocalypse in general thing mm-hmm. to happen um but i was i i really like the way they did it regardless yeah i'm excited and, like, for this episode yeah, very I, hype I for tonight. I know what happens, and I'm, I'm excited. To see Yo, okay, okay. We'll talk about it. We'll talk. Yeah. And also, just the last point I want to bring up. I love how in the latest episode, they framed it in such a way that you're rooting for the little girl at the beginning, but then you realize who her dad is. Yeah, yeah. Then you're like, oh, shit. You know, it's, you had that moment. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, that was awesome. Brilliant. brilliant. Big brilliant. spoilers while I'm watching an episode. I'm going to be like, okay, well, now I know what happens. Because I'm <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, um, uh, you yeah. one other thing, Aiden. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I guess really quick, there's a movie. Okay. I don't think I brought this up. Uh, I watched it a while ago, but Ooh, I don't I, right, right, because right. of hiatus. I don't think brought up. I watched the experimental Canadian horror film Skinamarink. It's Canadian. What? I didn't even know it's that. Canadian, it's Canadian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, loved it. I really, really loved it. This is not going to be a movie for everyone. It's very, very slow. Uh, you like don't see much, but it's intentional. Uh, I really, really like it. It taps into like really, really specific fears. It does a really good job of like deconstructing the family home, and it's like, when does the home become like a place of horror instead of comfort as a child? Like, like it's it's like really tapping into like the f- just like when I was a kid, one of my biggest fears was going to the second floor of my house by myself when it was when the lights were off, and it's like it's like tapping into that really well, like like what makes something home. Um, but yeah, no, I I really liked it. Last thing I'll recommend is that uh, UK rap artist, uh, music artist, Slow Tie recently dropped an album, uh, <laughs> it's, and it's really really good. It's like kind of like like um like seventies punk kind of inspired, like British punk. Okay. And, uh, no, it's it's really it's a really good album. Um, really enjoy it. I think honestly, of his three albums, it's probably my least favorite right now. But um, he has a really, really solid uh, discography. So, yeah, ch- check that out if you're if you're interested in that kind of music. Cool. Uh, Peter, what have you been watching, listening, whatever? Yeah, so I watched Creed 3 yesterday. Uh, I think we might do a pod on it, so I won't go into it. But, um, dude, the timer says we have been going for three hours. Is this accurate? No. What the fuck? What happened? <laughs> yeah. Know. Wait, is it just me? we going for three hours. <laughs> I see it, too. Oh, yeah. No, you're okay, right. Okay. Anyways. That's um, a glitch. I think it's the, the time zone thing. Okay. Um, I watched Sorry to Bother You, yeah. which we were sort of talking about that because the creator is doing a show. To be honest, Sorry to Bother You is just such a bonkers experience. It's just like you don't... Anticipate. It's like one of these things where third act, they just out of nowhere, they're like, horse people! <laughs> you know? Uh, but, but I thought like... I, I like the movie, but I just thought, like, they could do more, you know? Like, there are a lot of things that they sort of scratch on the surface where, uh, you know, like, our main character had to change his voice to blend in to even, like, do good in the job. What is, uh, what is like, um, what sort of decision do you have to make to reconcile with, A, yourself, and B, your identity and ethnicity for the career and the dream you're pursuing? Like, do you, like, when these two are not aligned, which is, in the the case of the movie how do you reconcile with yourself about like your future you know I, where I, I thought the movie did a really good job of that the what the movie posits as the solution is that like working like throwing yourself and like putting all your value in into like labor for this like corporation that clearly doesn't care is the wrong thing to do and it's going to yeah. lead yeah. to like exploitation and soullessness and it's positing that like unionization and like collective organization is the way to go. Well, I was, I was more referring to like how our main character had to change his voice and like at the party, like, and and, and, like we sort of seen this like slowly him slowly losing his identity as like a, as like a black person in the U S and how at the end when he's asked to do a freestyle, which is sort of a very racist thing to do. Um, he all he could come up with is just like saying the m word and like swearing you know which is 
I guess like the director's point about that is like what rap is conceived as, like you know, like as from like a non-black or like from a white person's perspective. Which yeah, I thought it was also like it's like just the most surface level, like like just packaging up that experience and just like 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 salivating. Over yeah, reducing it to like the movie. yeah, absolutely. But uh, but I thought like you know like it explored some interesting themes. Did not expect Army Hammer to show up. Yeah. Uh, um, that's a movie I refer to that movie as the prophecy because that's like oh, yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Army Hammer went full method like he just became yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Street casting. But, Maybe they just knew. Yeah. yeah. But I just thought like the movie did not hit hard enough. Like I would almost be happier if the movie ended up on like a sad note instead of like horse people revolt we're we're happy now we're back to the basement oh we're back to the garage um because like it is like corporate exploitation is very much like a real thing in the world Isn't and like comedy though I th- yeah I, sort of i i haven't seen it in a while but i remember liking the ending but the um i just thought like it would be a little more impactful if it's like ended up on a sad note Sure. But uh, to- totally, totally get what the ending is about. Like how, you know, um, him going back to himself, you know, going back to his old life, which he felt he belonged to and he's happier in, which is, you know, good. So, oh, and he turned, he turned to a horse in the end. It was sort of funny. <laughs> what else? Oh, what else? Um, I also watched Creed 3, but we already talked about that. Uh, Mando, Mando, Mando. Uh, I've been watching oh, no. The Mandalorian oh, no. season three. I really love how Disney is just like, um, like season one. It's like, oh, this show is gonna carry Disney Plus, and it absolutely did. So like, they marketed it as this big thing, yeah. and then season two is still dialed it down a bit, but it's still very much like, yo, baby Yoda's back, what? <laughs> and then, and then uh, season three is just like, yo, do you know Mando's coming out? Like, they just did like minimum social media like campaign. Yeah, it's also just like bad. Like the first two episodes <laughs> yeah. have just not been good. Like, um, I think to be honest, like um we don't we we're not as invested into his quest anymore. Like in the first season, it's like, yo, we gotta protect this kid, he has to upgrade his armor. We sort of see this sort of like progression of him um turning from just a bounty hunter into more of like a guardian figure which is really cool and then second season sort of expanded onto that which is and got the empire more involved in um but there are also like still bright spots where there's timothy olympian's sheriff and their encounter was like the sand dragon which i thought was really cool um but like i think like episodes right now they're just not as self-contained anymore like the like it, it feels like the the episodes they're trying to build onto this overarching seasonal plot that I'm personally I'm not as invested in. It's like we get to see Mandalore, cool. It's just like wasteland and a bunch of weird creatures. That's that's a set design problem, that's, right? But that's, like, that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying like weeks ago, which was that like this the show this show is running into the problem where it's trying to be a serialized show. And it functions so well as an episodic show. Absolutely. You know, every episode yeah. is its mm-hmm. own story and we're kind of just exploring around. I was yeah. really afraid that that's what the third season was going to be. Yeah. And and like, and like also it's just like, um, and I find it really awkward. It's like uh, the character of Bo-Katan, just a little bit of a spoiler here. Um, 
at first she's like yo uh i want the dark saber i want to lead the mandalorians because that's my birthright i was a princess uh and then and then uh pedro pascal was like oh nope nope (laughs) uh can't have it and and then this season in the first episode he approached her yo i want to go to mandalorian because i kind of have to now uh and she's like nope and then second episode she flies to mandalorian (laughs) it's like what the fuck man (laughs) like like, i understand you're trying to help like a mandalorian in need but it's like oh that's really quick change of heart and also my god baby yoda's moves like i get like how yoda was like very agile in the movies but like they look bad he just did a backflip and just just, (laughs) it looks like a doll like doing like fucking flips in the air instead of like a real like yoda creature you know doing flips in the air i i like seeing the puppet jump around and stuff i think it's fun you do yeah um i'm with peter have you guys have you guys seen tropic thunder yeah no so there's this scene where at the end where uh uh, what's his name ben stiller's Stiller's character has like adopted a child from like this where are they they're not in vietnam are they they're in like the neighboring anyways doesn't matter wherever they are he's adopted a child from there and he's like trying to escape with the child mm-hmm. and or do I, maybe he's like going back for the child i don't remember and then he comes he comes back and he's like guys start the ship start the ship and the kid is like stabbing him in the neck Wait, what the- like six year old and then he like throws the kid like yeets him and he like spins like a doll so that's what i think of whenever baby <laughs> is like jumping around is this kid getting thrown off a bridge and and the last point i would say about the show it's um i i really like how in the first and second season we actually see exotic creatures you know what i mean like creatures that fit the star wars lore but also are like either like really like like for example the sand dragon or like the thing that grabbed the razor crest in episode one from beneath the ice like these are the type of creatures i want to see not like some fucking weird uh like I don't even know, like these indigenous indigenous scavengers of Mandalore, like dressed in super weird costumes with long teeth. Like, sure it fits the lore, but it's like that's not what I want to see, man. Like I want to see the Mythosaur, which we saw in episode two, uh, and like like I want to see these big mysterious creatures that we don't get to explore in Star Wars, like main Star Wars movies. Not like mundane, like small, uh, like humanoid-looking things, you know. Okay, yeah. I didn't. I, yeah. I don't really have thoughts on the trolls. I was kind of like yeah. whatever, but I think for me, like, I'm never gonna get over the fact that Andrew had, what happened. Like, I don't know what you're saying. the The fact okay. that um, the final, the the previous season had such a great cliffhanger for the characters. Like, okay, you've like first season. He has to learn to be a dad. Second season, he's working through that. But it teases that the third season is going to be he has to spend some time away from him because that's what's best for Grogu. And that would have been really challenging for Mando and, like, for him to, like, spend some time away from Grogu and, like, I don't know, have them do separate journeys. But, like, obviously, like, the corporate cash grabbers are, like, Baby Yoda, because you gotta do the the merchandise. So they like 
force him back in with no explanation. And like, so now it's just repeats. Like I've seen all of these beats before and it's just, so that's a, that's a thing I hate. And also like the pilot, not the pilot, the first episode of this season is terrible. Still boring. Like nothing, like, like what we were saying about episodic versus serial. Like this is clearly like the start of a serialized season because I could not tell you what the thing of the episode was. It wasn't mm-hmm. an episode of the week. Like it was, I'm setting up all the future points. And some of the things made no sense. So like spoilers, but like, he's like, I need a robot to guide me on Mandalore. I like one robot. Let's revive IG-88. And then he tries and it doesn't work. And he's like, I was ah, so hyped. I thought he's, he's like, coming back. I was yeah. so hyped about no, but that. Like, yeah. he's, like, he's like, oh, that didn't work. I'll scrap that idea. I just do a random droid <laughs> from, from, Mel- from Peli, whatever. Man, Dude, and, and the droid didn't do shit. I hate that character. Yes, also true. Like, it's like, oh, it's breathable. <laughs> All of these things are so stupid. <laughs> like pointless. Man, I I really don't like this show. So it's not even... I think the idea that, like, oh, Andor came out, and then now you think this is worse. Like, it's not just that. Mando the has show also just is gotten objectively, worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the first seasons of Mando, I've always maintained, not as good as Andor, still really good. I really it's, like It is good. Mando. Mando season one is great. Yeah. yeah. Because I think, like, Mando and Andor tackle different things, they're, right? They're like, and yeah. Andor is much more, like, uh, much more dark, like it's darker. It's uh, yeah, exactly, right? Like, like you're taking on the empire. Like, there's like the stake in Endor. I feel like is like is much higher, yeah. but Mando is much like a like an adventure show. It's like, he, like today I'm over here. I'm solving these type of issues. It's more, I like, it's more like Star Trek or like yeah. Flash Gordon. I think, like, I think that's what it's inspired by too. Just mm-hmm. those kind of serialized things. Quick yeah. side note, like I rewatched, I saw on Twitter Luthen's like monologue in that one episode of Andor when he's like, "What oh, have yeah. I sacrificed?" And I was just like, "Oh my god, that was so good." Yo, Skyler Skarsgård, man. John Favreau could never. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh my, that's insane. Yeah, like the tweet the... where it was like that was the same episode where also Andy Serkis's monologue, yeah. where it's like where, where they're breaking out of the prison. Like, oh my god, yeah. Like and like some of the writing in the first two episodes of Mando has been like atrocious. <laughs> like it's literally just like talking the plot, yeah, which is the worst. Yeah, they just like they they need to explain so much, and they, I hate it. Anyways, do you have any other things for us, Peter? No. Oh, okay. actually, one oh. thing. Uh, I started playing the the Guardians of Galaxy game recently. Oh, really? I and it's say. actually really good. Like oh, um. Man. They they uh they take a new spin on like the characters they were so familiar with in the movies, and it's it's fresh. Like characters still keep their souls, obviously, and uh, it's like a game where like I'm immer- immersed enough. I would literally just like sit on the ship and listen to crew members talk, cause it's so oh, funny. Um, I I love it. I I think I think it's great. Have you have you played it, Alex? Yeah, I said I finished it. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. It was a good game. Um, okay. My twin, my turn. twin. <laughs> Your turn. Peter's just confused. <laughs> oh, not know what I'm doing. Um, I saw a lot of movies in the past month, and I will breeze through them. I saw first. Let's do yeah. Oh no, first first was the Magic Mike franchise. So I watched all of those. Magic Mike one, pretty good. Wish it was better. 
but in retrospect, my favorite. Magic Mike 2, very different. Like, much funnier. Like, they like completely different. Tonally, every Magic Mike movie could not be more different. So the really? first one is, like, the first one is, like, in the wake of, like, the recession or the, the stock market crash, mm. like, middle, lower class Americans, like, trying to get by by selling their, like, bodies. Yeah. Not, not, like, prostitution, but, like, through stripping. Yeah. Like, the... You know, so, like, that's, like, a cool idea. And it gets a little cliche, but, like, that was a good idea. The second one is a buddy road trip movie where all of the stripper bros from the first movie are going to a convention. Like, like <laughs> I could not tell you how that is from the same thing. But the third one, he goes to London. So he's no longer in Florida, which is where... They are clearly supposed to be set. He goes to London and he's putting on a stage show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? <laughs> and he, like this rich, like these these movies are also very much about like money. And then in the third one, like a rich Salma Hayek, like funds the whole thing, and money isn't an issue at all. Ridiculous. So Magic Mike one pretty good, and then they just get worse and worse. Um, Magic Mike two isn't that bad actually. Three is terrible. Um, you were I really watched, excited about three, right? I was because it looked so fun, and then oh man, the like I've not had a case of like this is terrible editing in a in theaters to, like in a while, and oh man, there's like actually no, it's it's mostly music choice actually. Right. So there's a couple of montages that are like set to music, and the music could not have been chosen like worse. It's they're they're not entertaining like hype music it's all like a little bit under tempo and i'm like okay we're like getting the team together and it's like brown like where's the hype to this <laughs> I'm like, uh, it's like lo-fi beats or whatever i don't know but also they just they take out like all the the diegetic sounds so yeah. it's just like i'm listening to music in headphones which is really bizarre yeah anyways that was bad I watched Titanic for the first time in theaters. That was pretty good. I also now see how we got Avatar. Because, like... Oh, wow. Like, if you think, like, Avatar, like, has weird writing and weird characters, all of those things are kind of there in Titanic. But, like, he's... And water. And ship sinking. (laughs) Like, the second Avatar movie. He does it again. Um, But, like, yeah. It's, It's pretty good. I get it. There's some pretty cool things he does, and it works. And then most recently, I've been watching the Rocky franchise for the first time in preparation to watch Creed 3. Still not ready, but I have now seen Creed. I started with Creed. That movie is fantastic. That is a phenomenal movie. Oh, yeah. Um, like, yeah. Could not recommend that one highly enough. Uh, and then I watched Rocky 1 through 4, each one is worse than the last pretty well. <laughs> like Rocky one is like this character drama that was slower than I expected and a lot less boxing. Um, but I think retrospectively, like seeing the worst ones, I'm like, Oh, that was pretty good. Wasn't yeah. it? We had a good, we I didn't know how good I had it until I saw Rocky four. Yeah. Um, Rocky two is like a pretty good sequel, but um, gets a little cliche. Rocky three is really like self parody at that point already has Mr. T in it. 
and Hulk Hogan, which is funny. Uh, and then Rocky Four, which I've heard is like pretty good, is not good. It's just montages <laughs> and like like it's a tight ninety because there's like nothing happens and there's no <laughs> character development. Like spoiler alert. Apollo Creed, who has been in the in the franchise since the first movie, he's in every mm-hmm. movie. He's one of my favorite characters. He dies. He's killed in that movie in Rocky Four, and then the characters after the funeral just like don't talk about him and like don't care. The final like like Rocky has a speech at the end does not mention <laughs> Apollo Creed. He has to fight the guy who killed Apollo Creed. Does not mention the death during the match Damn. it's ridiculous anyways apparently there's a director's cut so i need to watch that because it, uh, it came out in 2021 actually oh. i've heard it's pretty good and it fixes all those problems so i'm gonna check that out so wait is actually, rocky the longest running movie franchise with like five movies uh no it has if you include the creed movies it it's has seven. nine right? oh. oh really it nine? goes rocky rocky one through six and then oh. creed one through three yeah yeah is it the I'm, longest one? Like I don't know. It could be. Well, like Star yeah. Wars has nine. And, and, and the MCU. And MCU. So like not so the, like 32 or whatever. But although I will say Rocky did start one year prior to Star Wars. If you're talking about like like in our world. Oh, like long the it's been. running one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that was 1976. So, um, But yeah, I'm not going to watch Rocky Five because I hear it's terrible. But I will watch Rocky Balboa, so. Excited to watch Creed 2 and Creed 3. Uh, that is all my picks. So next week, we might do... It's it's a toss-up between two... I don't know, I'm talking like this. <laughs> it's a toss-up between two franchisee yep. movies. So we got Creed... We got one corner, we got Creed 3. And in the other corner, we have Scream 6. One might Scream say we EV. have three and six Creed. That's absolutely correct. And I guess they're both from the like tri-state area. Like yeah. one of them is in New York, New York and the other one is in probably Philadelphia, but I could not tell you for sure. Maybe that's where Creed the is in LA, from. actually. Creed three is in LA. Know. What? Creed three is set in LA. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I don't know that. There you go. Anyways <laughs> if you like our stuff. Go check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Predator V Movies. If you like my opinions, go check me out on Letterboxd at underscore Alex Gordon underscore. I leave reviews. You got That's you. Australian. In- Dude, I really like the way you say Twitter. Yeah. Twitter. Twitter. Oh my God. No, that's not how you said it. How did I say it? My letterbox is 810sunny. That's 810-S-O-N-N-Y. My name is Wombo. I also leave reviews sometimes. His name is Wombo. His username <laughs> is S-O-N-N-Y. 810. <laughs> hey, no, fuck, I messed it up. Go check us out on Twitter. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's okay, it. Twitter. Okay, Peter, do you have anything? Peter, do you have anything to plug? <laughs> No, no, I'm good. Okay, well, in that case, leave a fucking review, dude. Like, what are you doing? Like, leave in a review. Case, like, what's in up? that case specifically, <laughs> leave, a <review. laughs> leave a review. If Peter has nothing to plug, leave a review. Which is every week. That's the deal with the audience. If Peter hasn't plugged anything, then you guys have to leave a review. 
<laughs> where can we where can they leave a review? They can leave a review anywhere they fucking listen to us, dude. Anywhere. And we will appreciate yeah. you greatly. Uh, <laughs> until next time, we've been at Predator vs. Movies. I've messed this up already. <laughs> I'm Alex. I'm Peter. I'm Peter. <laughs> and this was Predator vs. Movies. Woo, we'll work on it. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back.